I'm, Are I, you out of your mind? Well, Here's you're the debate. You're upset. They're saying we believe you. That's it. I thought. Go on. All right, episode 170. Happy 7-11 day. Today's 7-11, oh, July wow. 11th. Yes, it is. There it is. And uh, 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 if we can turn that off, I think, uh, oh, this is mine. Okay. Happy 7-11 day. We have a uh, special uh, guest here for you. Matter of fact, when when he walked into the building, guys, everybody like held onto their laptops. It was like <laughs> you have to see this thing because, you know, in the history of mankind, I think we have to preface this properly, if you can set this up. In the history of mankind, go one more, the one I sent you, the link I sent you. I don't know if you got it or not. Uh, there's been many special laptops. Okay, you zoom in. To, this is 40 years of history of laptops, guys. I mean, with how laptops changed the world. Go down. Let's go through the first one. The first ever laptop. Go a little lower, a little lower. Oh, my God. It's a 1981 Osborne, the world's first truly mobile mm. computer. Look at that. That's great. I mean, listen, Max got nothing on that. Look at that system, Brett. They're just incredible floppy disks, right? It. First laptop. Go to the next one that's legendary. Then you got the 1983 Grid Compass 1101, the first clamshell laptop, okay? Uh, go to the next one. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Then we got the 1989 Compaq LTE, Compaq LT286, the first notebook PC. I've seen I've seen Adam with that one before, I think. When yeah. he goes to Miami, he takes that one with him. <laughs> keep going, keep going, sick. keep going. It is pretty sick. Then he got the 1986 Macintosh oh Portable, the first Apple laptop. Bam! This is, I think, by the team of Wozniak's team, I think. I think it was Wozniak's team. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Then we got the 1991 Apple Power Book 100 series, a revolutionary early laptop. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Then we got the 1992 IBM ThinkPad 700, a powerful and iconic laptop. But none of these laptops, Tyler, have the kind of influence that the other laptop, if you want to put it up, this is the laptop of the century, folks. And this laptop was brought to a shop by today's guest, John Paul Mac Isaac. Ten minutes before he's about to close his shop, he's just like, listen, I want to go home. I want to relax. I want to have, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's a green tea type of a person before I go to sleep. And then this man knocks on the door. He opens the door, and he's going to tell you the story who it was. But the world wants to learn about this laptop. There's about 95 channels that are not talking about it. Sure. There's only one channel and a couple podcasts that are talking about it. And we said, you know, why don't we reach out and bring them out to the podcast to tell us a little bit about this laptop. So with that being said, John Park, Paul McIsaac, it's great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Yes. You know, yesterday we were having a podcast prep meeting and Adam was concerned. His concern was if you were going to wear that hat or not. <laughs> because for Adam, yeah. who's never served before, he he was like I, there's like an ask in, in you know little little bit of respect you have for you know military big all time that stuff respect. big time so but anyways it's great to have you on here for people that don't know if you don't mind taking a minute mm-hmm. giving everybody your background and how the story came about with Hunter Biden's laptop well uh, it was Friday night about ten minutes before closing and Hunter came in with three liquid damaged MacBooks and I can tell you for a fact that was not one of them. That is a photo, probably part of a disinformation operation, but we can go into that later. Uh, he, he showed up. One was. Oh, by a, the way, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. is the actual laptop's picture anywhere online? No. So you really? never took a picture of it? No. You don't have a video of the laptop? No. I have the serial number. But you didn't take any videos or anything with the laptop? I, I wanted that thing out of my <laughs> shop. No shit. You know, wow. it, it was 
number one priority was get it to the authorities so I could have some level of protection. Okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Keep continue. So uh, he came in. Uh, the 15-inch MacBook Pro had a uh, Bo Biden Foundation sticker on it. So I kind of instantly assumed because his brother had passed away, I believe, about a year before. Mm -hmm that these were his deceased brother's laptops. Because a lot of customers come in and they want to recover their memories off of their deceased loved one's devices. So right. it is a common thing. And I felt bad for the guy. And even though I was trying to get out of there, I was like, look, I you know, he's got three Macs. I would normally charge $200 a pop for data recovery. Let me see the severity of the failure. So I helped him out. One machine was a complete write-off. The other machine just had missing or inoperable keys from liquid damage. So I gave him a keyboard and I showed him how to, that's how I learned his password. Uh, so if there's any question on hacking, usually people that get hacked don't voluntarily give away their passwords in that process. Uh, John Paul, you're mm -hmm. in Delaware, correct? Yep, Wilmington. Okay, so that's Biden country, so yeah, to speak, I, I, right? I live about 10 miles from Okay, and when he walked in, did you know exactly who he was? Or no. as I know you're visually impaired. Mm -hmm. Where does that come into the to play here? I didn't know who I was talking to until he presented the Bo Biden thing. And, and, and when I was checking him in, the actual check-in process, I asked him who he was. And he was like... And then obviously you just knew exactly who that was right well, then and there or what? When he sarcastically said Biden when I re requested his last name because I think he just automatically anticipated me knowing who he was. Mm -hmm. um, I, I Then I was like, all right. And then the Bo Biden sticker kind of put everything together. Mm -hmm. But again, I, I never really cared what he looked like or who he was to, for that matter. And this so, is in 2019? This is uh, April 12th, 2019. Got it. So I, uh, I give him back the one machine. The third machine uh, had some power issues, wouldn't power on. So I had to take it in the back and check that one in. So I ultimately just created a bill that said data recovery for three Macs, because again, I hadn't gone through them yet, and 85 bucks, which is the, basically the lowest rate that I could charge somebody. Mm -hmm. And because at, again, at that time, I thought I was helping this guy who was inebriated. He looked a mess, and I thought he was in, I, grieving. This is. He, his deceased brother's things. So I didn't discover until I started doing the data recovery the following day that this was not his deceased brother's laptops. These were actually his. Um, and then I saw a lot of compromising, a lot of embarrassing material on the laptop. But again, this was April 12th, or 13th, 14th, 15th. So this wasn't, his dad wasn't running for president yet. So, and I never thought he would because it was Joe. He, he was kind of, in, in declining years. So uh, I really didn't get afraid until about a couple weeks later when his father announced his candidacy and I realized that there's probably going to be a member on his staff or a Secret Service member that's going to find this piece of paperwork authorizing me to recover data from these three laptops. And if they know what's on those laptops, then I'm the only one on the planet that knows about that behavior. And I, I thought my days were numbered. So I, I needed to, uh, when it became my property uh, in about mid-July, about three years ago, um, I, I knew that I needed to get it to the authorities, but I didn't trust local authorities. I didn't trust the FBI. Uh, Roger Stone was raided, I think, in January, that previous January. So I had definitely apprehensions about going to the FBI. So I went to the only person I really trusted, and that was my father. And in uh, September of uh, 2019, on a car ride back from uh, uh, a gunship reunion in uh, Utah, it was like a seven-hour drive back to uh, Denver, 
and mom's asleep in the back, so I figured this is a good time to, to explain to my situation to my father. And, and uh, I, I taught, told him everything, and, and not everything. He didn't want to know certain things for plausible deniability, but we both agreed that the best thing for him to do was give, get him the paperwork, get him a copy of the drive so he could approach the FBI out in Albuquerque. And uh, about this time, my mom woke up, and she made this statement. She goes, that sounds like the laptop from hell. So needless to say, she's pretty upset with Miranda Devine for uh, stealing the title mm-hmm. of her book. But, uh, so on October 8th, after I mailed my father a copy of the drive and gave him all the paperwork or copies of the paperwork, he went to the FBI uh, field office in Albuquerque uh, where an agent refused to give his name, uh, kind of harassed my father, uh, questioned motives, questioned the legality of my, the possession of the device, and basically told him to lawyer up and get out of the, get out of the office. Wow. And I mean, this is the first time my father, who's career, 31-year career colonel in the Air Force, uh, never asked anything from the, you know, the bureaucracy, basically. And so he was a bit disappointed that, you know, all he wanted was protection for his son. So about a month later, apparently it got the attention of someone because the FBI reached out to him in an effort to get a hold of me. Uh, we agreed, and the FBI came to my house. I explained the situation in about beginning of November, and yeah, about mid-November. And I presented them with some stuff I had printed up because during this time, the impeachment hearings had started, mm-hmm. or there was whispers of it. It was, it was getting close. There was now the big concern. Sure, I'm fearful of my safety. I've definitely witnessed criminal activity on this device, uh, but now there's an impeachment that's whispers of impeachment that's occurring over a phone call about the previous administration in Ukraine. And I had seen enough information on that laptop to know that there was a blatant pay-for-play scheme. The Bidens made out like bandits during the 2014 Ukrainian uh, conflict. And in my opinion, from what I had seen, President Trump had every reason to call Zelensky, considering Zelensky was created by Igor Kolomoisky who was Hunter Biden's business partner. And when when the Bidens could no longer protect Kolomoisky and his billions that he embezzled during the Ukraine conflict, uh, Kolomoisky did the next best thing. He made his own president. He took his prize actor from his TV um, series or TV station and groomed him to be the president, got him elected. So now he doesn't have to worry. First thing Zelensky did when he got elected was uh, the the privatization uh, of uh, Profit Bank, which was Igor's bank, he made that illegal. So Igor could have his bank back, have, have his money back and return to the country. So it was, to, and to watch what's happening in Ukraine happen all over again, it's, it's scary, except this time we're sending 40 billion instead of 18 billion. So. Uh, John, what, what would you say if, I mean, if you can even say it, besides the, you know, the Ukraine and all that type of stuff, what was the most disturbing thing that you saw that you, I don't know if you told anybody, but what, was there anything that would make you go like, oh my God, like he should be in prison for this 100%. Um, yeah, I, I think I know where you're getting at. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and there has been a lot of efforts by a lot of individuals out there to mm-hmm. uh, metaphorically or, or not literally insert fake data onto this laptop. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple reasons why somebody would want to do this. They either want to get notoriety and fame for something that they have zero involvement in, or there's an effort to insert questionable material into a laptop that's in the possession of members of Congress. So if you wanted to 
punish certain members of Congress, then you have an excuse to say, especially if they received copies of a drive that has this alleged material from an individual that may have put this in material on it. And the other concern that we should be careful, like Hunter signed a document. After 90 days, that laptop became my property. Mm -hmm. If there's another laptop out there that has 450 gigs of mysteriously discovered 80,000 images of this or whatever, that came from something else that was not legally acquired. So if you start to muddy the waters and then we're, we're expected to have something that's going to be admitted as evidence and, and hopefully trials that will occur in the next couple of years, we can't have that information be tainted. And we can't have somebody throw it all out because somebody decided to run an operation to lie about the contents of the data. So we have to be really careful. I didn't see any CP in the levels that people were talking. Mm. I saw a lot of inappropriate behavior with family members, and, oh, wow. and, and that's all I'm going to talk about. Wow. Inappropriate behavior with family members? <laughs> okay, let me speculate. Let, let right. me, let, I'm going to speculate. You, you know, you can decide to say whatever you want to say. Speculative, uh, uh, inappropriate content with family members. So it would be drugs, it would be sex, it would be theft, it would be uh, accounts, it would be what else it would be. I mean, that's what it's going to be. Outside of that, what else would be in there, right? Well, again, like I've always told yeah. people, there's enough criminal material on that laptop. We don't need to make up anything. We don't need to find a dark place in our minds where we want to believe that there's this evil that's on it. That's, there's enough evil on it. We don't need to make up. Who stuff. has the laptops now? Oof. Well, the FBI should. They took it from me, uh, gave me a subpoena mm -hmm. and everything and a receipt. And uh, That was December 9th, 2019. Uh, if they've lost it, I, I, have a I still have the copy that I gave my father, mm -hmm. which predates the copy I gave to Rudy or Rudy's office, because I, I never gave it to Rudy. Did to you it. sign off that you can never talk about what's in the laptop? Did you say that to the FBI or the, no? The only thing I remotely said to the FBI like that was jokingly uh, when they were leaving. I, yeah. I, I said, don't, don't worry, lads. When I write the book, I'll leave your names out. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's when one agent turned around and said, in our experience, nothing ever happens to people that don't talk about these things. So and, you, so you, and I was like, all right, I'm going to be quiet. So you've never told anything to anybody about the laptop? Well, not until I reached out directly to uh, Rudy Giuliani's office. I, so when the FBI took possession of everything, my fingers were crossed because I was hoping, even though a lot of red flags occurred, they told me that if anybody or Hunter came looking for it, I was to give them a BS story that it's off-site and give me a couple days to get it. I was immediately to text Agent Mike, and he would return the laptop to me. So I'm thinking, if this is evidence, how can they return it? And that's kind of where I started to feel like they cared more about the owner, of, the previous owner of the laptop and protecting them than they did about protecting me. So, and of course, when the impeachment happened and this laptop was nowhere to be seen and it wasn't admitted as evidence for the defense from the White House, then I was just like, okay, we're, we need to go to another level here. So I sent my father and my uncle, who's also a retired colonel in the Air Force, to, I gave them enough material, basically the material I had printed up and given to the, tried to give to the FBI, but they didn't touch it. They just gave me a subpoena, wanted all his stuff, and then left. Um, so they went out, knocked on members of Congress, uh, their doors to get their attention, alert them. Uh, 
I even believe my Uncle Ron sent a fax to the White House directly saying we have national concern, national security concerns. Because not only for a pay-for-play, but just the amount of sensitive data that was being sent in the open, unencrypted, to private Ukrainian citizens. And this information included everything from the vice president's travel schedule, all policies and procedures, economics, any discussion that the White House would have relating to Ukraine was being sent to a private Ukrainian citizen that worked for a company that was employing the vice president's son. And that is not cool. So, John Paul, you, it sounds like not only were you fixing the laptop, you were getting in there. I mean, you were looking at, there was, and this isn't, I don't think, hearsay. There was mm-hmm. pornography on there. There's a lot. Okay, boom. There's definitely some smoke and crack stuff going on. A lot. Boom. Um, but then there's this Ukrainian business dealing stuff. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you went pretty deep into those mm-hmm. emails. Yeah, absolutely. When, when it became my property, and I'm thinking somebody's going to kick down my door I'm, I'm waiting for it to happen. I'm, I'm trying desperately. I called him up multiple times through the month of April and May to, to come and pick up this you thing. You called Hunter, you're saying? Mm-hmm. And no, no answer, no messages, messages no, nothing. Yeah, nothing. No text, no, zero response. Didn't come back. I sent him an automated square payment request. So he was, you know, here, 80, you owe the max shop, 85 bucks, yeah. ding. It was, so, there was no response no. whatsoever. Well, he responded. The So when I called him up, I want to say it was like the 15th, yeah. When I was done with the recovery, it was like the following Monday. Called him up to let him know, hey, you know, I recovered about 220 gigabytes of data. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to Best Buy. If you get a drive that's you know, 500 gigs or, or bigger, that'll be more than enough. Uh, drop it off. Give me 24 hours, and then I'll, I'll knock it out. So he shows up on the 16th and drops off the drive. So I know he's getting my messages. I know he's... So he did come back he, to the he repair came back shop and dropped, dropped, off, dropped a off a hard drive. A two terabyte Western Digital... Uh, external drive. Okay. So, you know, if he has any doubt where where he was uh, on that weekend, I can say that he was at a Best Buy and his credit card should shut down. Uh, but then he never came back to pick up. Yeah, that's when he asked me to bill him electronically. I said, is Square okay? He's like, sure. And then he not, never came back in. So you've got multiple dealings with Hunter Biden. The first well, time so that he showed the up. The first time and then yeah. the second time when he came to drop off the, the drive. And then after he dropped off the drive, zero response zero, after that. Zero. Except until his lawyer... Uh, called me up on October 13th, 2020, the day before the uh, New York Post ran the story. So the eve of that, uh, he called me up because I guess it's common practice for when your story's going to go, you mm-hmm. want to reach out to those involved, see if they have a statement. So he calls me up about 10 minutes before closing on that Tuesday. And uh, it was like, yeah, my client left a uh, laptop with you. He said 2017. So I was like, well, Hunter doesn't remember it was 2019, <laughs> yeah. but I'll go with it. So I kind of, I did what the FBI told me to do. I said, um, hey, it, it, normally we don't hold on to equipment that long, but I'll check in our reclamation center tomorrow. And uh, can you shoot me an email with your credentials? And, and so I know that you can represent, officially represent mm-hmm. the, the client. And he agreed. So I have an email saying, hey, I'm Hunter's lawyer. Thanks for talking to me tonight. So I was like, well, that's good enough for me. And then I... I immediately called Bob Costello, who was my point of contact at Rudy Giuliani's office. And I'm, and he was also promised me that if anything ever hit the fan, I was to call him and he'd take care of my security needs. So I call him up and I'm like, I think it hit the fan. I just got a call from uh, George Maceres, who's Hunter's lawyer. And he was like, oh, that ship sailed. Go, go home, get some sleep. Uh, <laughs> nothing can be done. It's, uh, the story's coming out tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, great. 
the fact that um, George Maceres asked me on the phone, he said, are you still at the backside of Trolley Square? And that was like enough for me not to go home that night because I figured he knew, he knew exactly where I was. And so, and the story hadn't broken yet. I, I figured once the story was out, then I would be okay because then I wouldn't be murdered. So um, unfortunately, watching the next day, uh, watching the, the internet and mainstream media put a kibosh on, on the whole story and, and prevent the truth from getting out. And then the narrative is being replaced that I you know, colluded with a foreign power to affect an election. So that uh, things started to go downhill rather quickly after that. So you would say, John, that there's definitely impeachable stuff on, that, on those laptops to get uh, Joe Biden's compromise and his son should be in jail? I, I, I would rather us find the heart in, in Joe's cabinet to, to do the 25th Amendment. I just don't like impeachment. I did not want Trump to get impeached, not because I'm a Trump fan, mm -hmm. but because impeachment, when it starts to be wielded as a tool for a political party to just punish the guy because they don't like him, mm -hmm. as opposed to the tool that it's meant to be, yeah. that's dangerous. I mean, there's a reason why we've only had three impeachments. And well, it was something meant that was never supposed to be used. They weren't ever supposed to use impeachment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like break glass in, ca in case of emergency. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like when I was young and I saw what happened to Clinton, and I'm like, well... Uh, you know, I get it, but... Here's, here's a part. Here, here's a part with impeachment. Uh, Bill did what he did. Fine. Okay. Impeachment. Clinton. Clinton is what I'm talking about. Set that aside. What they claimed with Trump, for what? Russia? Never came out right. Phone so he call. got impeached twice. Yeah. Great. But set that aside. Uh, every president, at some point, they talk about impeaching them. The other party talks about impeaching them. It's like a couple words that people like to use. You know, mm -hmm. they, they like to use the name from the guy that was in Germany who... You know, World War II, hey, that, that's huge, like Hitler tendencies, and then you like to use impeach. But let's, let's set that point. To, the part that, that I want to know a few, I want to know a few things from your end, and then I want to know some things about the whole situation. So number one, is there anything in the laptop you saw that you've never told anybody? There's a couple of things. And why haven't you told anybody? Well, I've never thought it was my responsibility to tell anybody other than the authorities. Okay, it's it's, and I and I get it. I never wanted to go to the media. I never wanted to go to the press, and I, and I I know why, and that's because I knew the media would focus on the the sex and the drugs and the and not the 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 wholesale of our State Department for personal gain or the national security concerns or the embarrassment that we will endure when all this comes out. It, it's that it. it I saw criminal activity. I needed to get this to the proper authorities. The proper authorities yeah. bailed. So I went to members of Congress, not directly, my uncle. And then when that didn't get any traction, I came out from the shadows because I was, again, scared. I didn't want to lose my business. I didn't want to be chased from my home. I, didn't want, I wanted to have nobody know I existed. But I wanted the truth to get out. And then I realized the only way that was going to happen is if I knocked on the door of the, a lawyer for the president of the United States. And that worked. And when you say out. members of Congress, I don't need names, but did you go to Republican, Democrat? You're in Delaware. Well, you're in only, Bio, who'd you go to? We, uh, my uncle and my father, only approached members of Congress that were conservatives, uh, okay, for obvious reasons. You so know, you went we to Republicans, mm -hmm. and you got rebuffed. They had no love for what you had to say. Got, what happened? So, and I've I've had discussions with some of these individuals that were presented with this information, and I get it. 
during the we're talking about February through June, July of 2020. So there was a pandemic going on. There was also we're coming off the the heels of a Russia three years of Russia, Russia, Russia. Mm-hmm. Everybody is so paranoid of being caught up in another uh, conspiracy, uh, jeopardizing the, the political embarrassment. Uh, and, and, and they have a good reason, because look at what happened with things like Dominion. You know, a conspiracy goes out there, oh, Dominion's changing, changing all these votes around, and then they prove it's wrong. Now Dominion gets to file a $16.7 million or billion dollar lawsuit mm-hmm. and go after all the people that got hooked into this disinformation, these disinformation ploys. And that's why I warned Congress again when there was an individual out in, in Switzerland trying to say he's found 400 and he's given these drives. We saw, uh, who's that, the young guy? He was parading around Congress going, I have, uh, I have a copy of the drive. He was on C-SPAN. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot the name of the guy. Yeah, young kid. So no Republicans uh, were even willing to listen to your story. The, the patriarchal guard intercepted my uncle and my father and, and never let them get past the door. So, no. so let, let me go back. Let me go back to the question. So I want, I want to stay focused on this. So there's a couple things you said that no one knows about that's only you, that you've kept to yourself. Mm-hmm. Are those couple things like tremendously bigger than what the public has already been rumored that was on the laptop or no it's just a couple things you just kept away from everybody well again i, I never felt like it was my responsibility to share the data. no but that's not what i'm asking what i'm asking is those thin- things that you've kept to yourself are they much bigger and heavier stuff than all the other things mm. personally yes okay but but for the country and for the purpose of why i gave it to the laptop no it's it's more of I, I, through Hunter's behavior, I should have a fear for my life. Okay, so it's more, uh, more speculation. Hunter with a minor than it is about linked to the president and what he did with Ukraine or deals, side deals, right? It's more personal, mm-hmm. linked to Hunter, not linked to the father. It's linked to Hunter. Okay, perfect. So let's set that aside. That's you know, Hunter's dealing that he's he's got to go deal with. Okay, so it, that those two things, the couple things that you haven't told anybody, have you told that to the person you trust the most, which is your father? Does anybody know, or is it just you? You're the uh, only person. No, the people I trust. Now. Okay, so what I would say to you is, I probably wouldn't hang on to that because if you do, you're not protected. You know, and I'm, and I'm not. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying no, here, I, because I, if I you if you're sitting on, I was like, you know, all of a sudden let's put them on suicide watch. That's kind of how people get put on suicide watches. Oh, I had to make that video a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that, you did make that video. Oh yeah, what well, he's basically asking you about. Well, no. So no, you no, don't take secrets. Yeah, the yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm. No, if, if I show if up, I'm killed. I'm yeah, not going to kill. Exactly. Myself. Yeah, I'm not going to kill. Him. Like a John McAfee. Right. I am never going to commit suicide. Just yeah. so you guys know, yeah. in jail. Yeah. You don't get into heaven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Why okay. would I screw that? Up? So a couple of things that you haven't told anybody. So okay. So the stuff that's linked on the other side. See, for me, when it comes down to this, here's how I see this, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, commentary from your end. So uh, at this point of the game, everybody knows the media held that story back. They didn't want it to go up. Twitter pre- you know, prevented it. Facebook prevented it. Everybody knows that to the point where even Bill Maher called out Twitter and everybody else to not tell that story. And we knew that was going to affect the election. Everybody knew that, but they kept it away. That story was going viral on Twitter in the first 30 minutes, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Boom, mm-hmm. taken down. But even Bill Maher, who yeah. were big fans of Bill Maher, comes down and says, what the hell are you doing? And even a John Stewart interviewing Bob Iger says, what the hell is going on with media that nobody trusts them, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you got two guys. By the way, I, I feel I'm not a guy that uh, supports Biden's style of leadership. 
But for a father, as a father, you don't want to see your son go through that. It's painful. I can see that being very, very painful for the family, okay, from the uh, Biden side. So whatever Hunter's done, you know, you're going to have kids. Sometimes your kids are going to do stuff that's going to be embarrassing, and that's not, you know, your responsibility. That, that kid is going to be held responsible based on the laws and the guidelines that the states offer and the federal offers. He's going to be held accountable to that if they pursue him, right? But stuff that he did that has to do with the rest of the people, that has to do with the voters and the people he leads, that's a different story. When everybody kept saying Russia, 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 you know what happened to a lot of Republicans behind closed doors and independents? You know what people said? Maybe this is true. And if it's true, man, what are you doing selling out America to Russia? I'm not okay for that. You know, even, even conservative behind closed doors, hey, if this is true, let me tell you, I'm not with it. I'm not, I knew a lot of people that said, I'm not with it if this is true. And it wasn't true. But this is true. People are seeing it, and no one's talking about it. This is when hypocrisy hurts these guys. Right here, when you look at this article saying, you failed, Bill Maher blasts Twitter for censoring post after bombshell uh, report on Hunter Biden's laptop. So I just went on Twitter right now. Can you go on Google right now and type in Hunter Biden laptop? Go on Google and type in Hunter Biden laptop, okay? And zoom in a little bit so we can all see it. Zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. So go and click on news. Go and click on news. Yeah, news. Zoom in a little bit more. So New York Post, center right. Yahoo uh, is just only covering what he said to his mom, which I think he called her a spoiled, uh, uh, the C word, right? I think he called her. Yeah, okay. Next is what? Washington Times, center right. Keep going, Lord. New York Post, Fox News, Fox News, right. Uh, Gazette. Okay. So So then go on YouTube. Go on YouTube. And just go straight up on YouTube, yeah. And type in, type in, um, type in, uh, uh, go on CNN YouTube channel. Just go on CNN, okay. Just go to their channel, click on CNN the, the, right there. Go to videos, go to videos, okay. Now go sort by recent. So go up, go zoom in a little bit so the rest of us can see. Not popular. It's fine the way it is. So zoom in the rest of us can see. Let's look at titles. Okay, here's what January 6th, okay, man who said he was almost a school shooter, okay, what's the next title, something about Tucker, pregnant woman claims, uh, what's he talking about, the West side, West risks failure in Ukraine, keep going up, okay, Steve Bannon's coming up January 6th, protesters, GOP governor, comedians talk about pranking, okay, NASA, uh, Republican voter rejects GOP, protesters storm a, a presidential whatever, Elon Musk may be on the hook, Soldiers this, that's how far back now, two days, January 6th, I'm at three days now, uh, this low, tra- okay, so then type in Hunter, okay, nothing with no. Chan coming out saying, okay, type in Hunter Biden laptop, okay, go Hunter Biden laptop, okay, so Hunter Biden reveals new detail in Hunter Biden investigation three months ago, mm-hmm. Hunter Biden under investigation one year ago, Trump pushing for special counsel a year ago. Stelter, this was Fox News' biggest story last week, a year ago. U.S. investigation. Okay, now here's what I want you to do. Go up and type in January 6th. In the, in the, no, no, in the same party, put, put, in, put January 6th. Okay, uh, okay. so how many ago? Two days ago, two days ago, three days ago, two days ago. Keep going. 22 hours ago, three days ago, five days ago, 10 days. Hey, Mr. John Malone, if you're watching this, <laughs> you say you want to take CNN back to Ted Turner days. Why don't you go read his book? And see the last interview he does on how disappointed he is with CNN. This is exactly why. This is why when you claim, can you put John Malone's quote that he put up? Go to the article that he put up. 
This is the guy that apparently is who is the new guy from Discovery that uh, he's, he's not the CEO because they brought a different guy that's a CEO. I think he's the owner of CNN. If I'm not the, the article I sent you, uh, 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 yeah. So go to whatever the article is, CNBC. This is the one. Okay, make it a little bigger so we can all see it. John Malone says Warner Media Discovery getting rid of CNN would be the coward, coward's way out. Okay, keep going up. Let's read that one legendary quote he has in here, which I love. Uh, right there in the middle. Zoom in so everybody can see it. There's a place for CNN's $43 billion combination of Warner Media and Discovery. Billionaire mogul uh, uh, John Malone told CNBC in a recorded interview that aired Thursday, I would like to see CNN evolve back to the kind of journalism that it started with and actually have journalists, which would be unique and refreshing. Uh, he told TVD, TV Pioneer, longtime chairman of Liberty Media, which is a major shareholder in Discovery, I do believe good journalism could have a role in the future. Portfolio of Discovery and Time Warner going to present. Go a little lower to read the next part on what he says. Go a little lower. A coward's way, way out would be to sell CNN or spin it off and sell it, right? And then he's obviously talking about that we should go back to how journalism was. Well, John, you ain't doing it, just so you know. You are not doing it. The American, And by the way, we're not journalists here. We're podcasters. This is a YouTube channel. None of us went to Columbia to be journalists. Did you go to Columbia to be journalists? No, sir. Tyler, did you go to Columbia to be journalists? Yes. You went to Columbia to be a journalist? No, nope, I joined well, the airport. Say it because some people no, are watching no, this I are taking it did seriously. You, did you go to Columbia no, or no? No. None of us went to journalism school. I'm a military guy. I got it. I went into business. He was a comedian. He went into insurance. He got into. He's a comedian. That's what he does. He was on Def Comedy Jam. Funny guy. CNN. CNBC, MSNBC, do your job. We are not journalists. Do your job. We want to find out what is going on here. You're losing credibility by not covering the story that needs to be told. Rather, you're only covering January 6th because you're afraid of the guy that could potentially go run for office. And that guy that could potentially go run for office, what's his name? Um, Donald J. Trump who is right now the Republican candidate, your fear is, God forbid, if that guy gets elected. If we tell the story, we're going to lose Biden. Here's the reality of it, CNN. Whether you tell the story or not, here's what you have to stop worrying about. Joe Biden ain't getting, ain't getting reelected. So, so what are you going to do, hurt his campaign? He's not running again. You can actually do what you did to Cuomo and actually do some journalism and tell us what happened with Cuomo. Good. You told us. We wanted to know. We appreciate you being transparent about that part. Eventually, took a while because some people have to oust it with what happened with Chris Cuomo. Then Zucker gets fired and Chris Cuomo gets fired. Andrew Cuomo gets fired. And it's all a shit show for CNN that you guys went through. Hey, if you know Biden's not going to get reelected, why don't you cover this story? You're already building up a newsome anyways. Why don't you tell the story? Why don't you tell the rest of us what's really going on? There are certain things we have access to. We don't have 40 people that their job is to go do investigative reporting. We don't do that yet. That's not our job. That's your job. You do that professionally. Can you be a professional and fulfill Ted Turner's book and the vision that he had? Matter of fact, why don't you call CNN's book of the month? First book you guys all read is Ted Turner's book. Can you put up Ted Turner's book on what it was? They call me Ted or something like that. If you work at CNN... Whether you support the organization or not, why don't you go read this book? Go listen to the audiobook and see how it finishes the book at the end. Every employee at CNN needs to read this book that came out 13 years ago. Everyone. I'd love to interview him. Every time we ask him, unfortunately, he's not doing too well. We do anything to be able to interview him right now. We would do anything to be able to talk to him because he was the visionary that started this. 
He did. He's the guy that did what? TNT was a TNT, TBS, he Atlanta Falcons, that. Atlanta yeah. Hawks, Atlanta. All this stuff. We everybody in the nation became Dominic Wilkins fans because of Ted Turner. <laughs> everybody was following the oh, oh, oh with you know Atlanta David Braves. Justice with Terry Pendleton with you know Kenny Lofton with. You know, the pitchers, Millwood, Glavin, really Maddox, all of these guys. Wow. We right all there. became Braves fans because of this guy. Oh. <clears throat> Tell us the truth. What is going on here? Stop playing damn politics. Do your job. We're all relying on you to do your job. This applies to everybody. And the only reason I'm spe- specifically singling out CNN is because John Malone had the audacity to come out and say something like he's just said right now. Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, we got to go back to journalism. Great. Right. We're going to hold you to it. We'd like to see what's going on. So how many of these guys have reached out? How many times has CNN reached out? Well, how many times has Don Lemon reached out? How many times has uh, 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 MSNBC reached out? How many times has CBS reached out? How many times has ABC reached out for anything? How many times have you seen an email saying, we would like to come have you on the show? Well, let me, let me say on October 14th, when I, I was outed. So uh, the New York Post, in an accident, when they had a, a copy of Hunter's signed authorization, it, they forgot to blur out the Mac Shop name. So people were able to Google the Mac Shop, figure out who I was, and the attacks started instantly. And so did the media attacks. Um, I had five uh, reporters uh, work their way through a customer that was trying to leave the shop because I had the doors locked for COVID restrictions and to just keep people out. And uh, so they burst in, and then I didn't know that I was being recorded, and they kind of cornered me um, and secretly recorded me. And then that got out, and then I realized, oh, my God, I'm not built for this at all. And that was my first experience with the press, and they, they tore me to pieces. Uh, I, I talked to Bob Costello that evening. He gave me some pointers. And the next day I felt a little bit more confident. And when I came back from lunch break, so this was October 15th, I had CNN – Washington Post and New York Times in front of my shop. And I was like, all right, I'm ready for this. I'm gonna just do what Bob told me to do. Tell, just told, tell him what I told the FBI because I can't get in any, any trouble if my story, which is the truth, is the same story that I told the FBI, you know, a year, almost a year at this time prior. And uh, so I did, I told them everything and they didn't publish a word of it. It's like they were never there. And then the Washington Post reached out, and that's, I wanted to bring this up, the CNN article from three months ago, what else happened three months ago? The Washington Post admitted that the laptop was real, and the New York Times admitted that the laptop was real. So CNN came out with that little tiny, they snuck it in, I watched it happen. It was like late at night, they just put out this little, little article acknowledging that the laptop was real. And that was just to cover their bum. Yeah, that, this doesn't work. This business model doesn't work. No. So, so there's two stories here. We're going to go back to with some of the things to get a little bit deeper. But this business model doesn't work. People are not dumb. You're not going to win like this, Sienna, just so you know. People know you're playing games, and they don't like it. Tell the story. Tell us what happened. Tell us really what's going on over here, and then let us make a decision if it's real or not, and then we'll go from there. But it, it, the business model they're taking is not going to be an effective business model long term. If you sell insurance, you sell insurance. You can't say... Well, we're only going to sell insurance to such and such people. If you, if, you, if you do real estate, you have to do real estate. If you don't real estate, the market's not going to favor mm-hmm. you. If, you. If you do media, journalism, you call yourself a journalist, well, then go do some investigative journalism and do some digging. We're podcasters. We're just regular guys that want to see what's going on in the world because we're concerned about the future. Um, 
Anyways, I'm, for me, it's more uh, about the accountability than anything else. So since then, that this has taken place, uh, have you uh, has your business been affected? Are people still coming to your business? Have you shut down the business? What's going? Are you still living in Delaware? Have you moved to Alaska? What, what, how's personal life going? Uh, so initially, the media did a great job of blocking the story. So I had customers coming in, but the people that had heard, so customers would come in and they'd say, why is there dog shit in front of your shop? Or why is there a tomato smashed on the sidewalk? Or what's that sign mean? And I just was kind of lucky at that point because I knew bulk of my customers were liberal and like most of the city. And that if they didn't know what I had done, then then I was okay. But unfortunately, the, the word started getting out. Plus, the amount of people that were coming into the shop without computers were starting to make me nervous because uh, to the point where I had to fill out a domestic uh, terroristic uh, threat report with Wilmington Police Department. I, I do want to say that I'm grateful for the Wilmington PD. Um, they put somebody in front of my shop every time I was there for like about the three weeks that I remained open until I, I had to close because I just, it was getting too dangerous. Um, you know, when, when you start to get death threats and the area codes are LA or San Diego or Seattle, you, you don't you don't care. It's a free country. People can rage and, and lash out, whatever. The cat's out of the bag. I mean, be a, pun- be a punching bag for these people. It gets it off their chest, whatever. But when the area code started being 856 and 484, that's across the river in Jersey. That's, you know, 15 minutes down the 202 into Pennsylvania. That's when it started to get a little scary. And then, then there were some interactions with some people that were not coming to my shop for service. They were coming to do me harm. So it was, it was time for me to close up the shop. I closed the shop up uh, November 2nd. Uh, I didn't go home. Uh, I was kind of told by an individual that was helping me that uh, worked with my father. My father worked briefly at the CIA, um, and he said that the, the threat level was getting really high, and regardless of the direction that the election was going to take, though he was confident that the election was, was in the hands of Biden already, that I needed to get out of town because there's a po- probability that my name's next to a checkbox that's waiting to be checked off. and. And I just, it's not safe. So I left, I went into hiding, um, bounced around, mostly in Colorado. Uh, When things started to settle down, I actually uh, went to woodworking school at a local community college. Everybody out there is wearing masks. I figured nobody knew who I was and and probably nobody would. I tried to start a a Mac business, but within the first hour that I put up a Facebook page, somebody was like, don't trust this guy. He'll steal your data, da, 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 da. So, you know, that didn't last. When you went to the school, did you wear the hat? Or no? No. Okay. Uh, I, I, I have another hat. I just I You figured, can't wear that because that's a, iconic if yeah. you wear that. They're going to know who you are. You know, you know when, when, the, when the hate mail started coming in yeah. and there was a common theme, you know, Putin thanks you for your service and Russia loves you or I hope your business fails, but you'll, uh, Donnie will pay for your, 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 you know, he'll pardon you or whatever. And, but the, the common thread started, your hat is ugly or your hat is stupid. <laughs> so I figured. You should wear UC Berkeley hat with a mask. Nobody would bother <laughs> I figure, mm-hmm. but I figure if they care more about the hat than they do about mm-hmm. the truth, then I don't need to engage with them. There's, that's a pointless conversation anyway. And then I started to realize that they really hate this hat and that their tears give me fuel. So, you know, there's <laughs> what's a lot of what's kept me going, like to want to continue to fight. Cause when you get, for me, it's if you, I feel boxed in a corner and any animal that's in a corner is going to lash out. So I don't understand why they, they keep coming after me. They, they tried to withhold my unemployment. Uh, the IRS dinged me for $57 from like 
seven years ago, six years ago. It's like they're 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 doing these little things here and there to, to mess with me, and it's like all this is going to do is make me want to fight harder. And now that I have really nothing left to lose, then why not see it to the end? So I'm going to try to do everything I can to hold these guys accountable, not just the the people, not just the mainstream and social media. Though I tried to go after Twitter and. Uh, everything was looking really good for a while and then they switched judges on me with an Obama appointed judge because to prove that I wasn't a hacker we were going to have to have Hunter come in and explain that that was his signature that was him so we were going to have Hunter testify and then I guess the White House didn't like that so they switched uh, judges on me and the judge threw the case out awarded Twitter uh, the Florida slap statue so then I was in the hole with Twitter for $175,000 so whatever Elon's doing right now if he's I'm gonna make that thing crash and burn. God bless him. I'm, I'm, I'm. It's the closest I've seen to justice. Whatever he's doing to Twitter, is the closest I've seen to justice so since. You've all this got began. some. You've got some beef with Twitter. I'm not speculating. You've come out and said that your biggest beef might be with Twitter. I think you were trying to sue yeah. some of these media outlets, but Twitter's at the top of your list. Well, Twitter, Twitter, I tried to sue because they labeled me a hacker. They said that the, their their reasoning for blocking the story from mm -hmm. every form of communication was that it was based on hacked material. I'm not a hacker, mm -hmm. so I went because out, Hunter gave you the laptop. He gave me permission. Yeah. My my job was yeah. to recover. I didn't. I wasn't there to fix a laptop. It was yeah. to recover the data. And then after 90 days, it legally, became it became property. yours because he signed a mm -hmm. uh, a bill or an invoice saying, "Hey, yep. after 90 days, if you don't pay, this is now my property." And <laughs> and there's no ex expectation of privacy when it comes to things you abandon. So, I never felt like I ever did mm -hmm. anything wrong. So to get labeled a hacker, because people are like, you're going to rot in prison for hacking. I'm like, I didn't hack anything. So if I'm ever going to start a business again, fixing computers, having people, if I don't clear my name in the court of law that I'm not a hacker, I'm never going to have a successful business again. So that's why I went after Twitter again. And we beat 230. Twitter put up the 230 protection defense. Section and, 230. Yeah, and we actually beat them, which I think is a first. My, my lawyer, we were high-fiving. It was... It was a good time. Things looked very optimistic. And then about June, they switched to judges, and then the judge uh, demanded that my lawyer go down to Florida to explain to her why this case shouldn't be thrown out. So that was a, not a good sign. And then it was thrown out, and then tr I was Twitter. I have to pay Twitter's legal fees. So three. Can I read a quote that you said to the New York Post? Maybe we'll put up a discussion because mm -hmm. this has to do with Section 230 media. Um, I believe you called the... Uh, media these days or at least big tech state-run media yeah. so this I, that, I guess this is according to the post after fighting to reveal the truth all i want is for the rest of the country to know that there was a collective and orchestrated effort mm -hmm. by social and mainstream media to block a real story with real consequences for the nation mm -hmm. is that how you still feel things absolutely that's that's why i'm i'm suing right now with the help of the america project uh i i to be honest, I thought I had to move back to Delaware because I thought I would have to file for bankruptcy and I had to be in my house or I'd lose my, lose my house. So I had to leave where I was safe and go back to now 10 miles from Joe Biden's house. And because I don't want to lose my house. So you know, oh, you, you're, you feel safer being closer to Joe Biden's house? No, I feel, well, I still, I feel safe in my house now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's my home, and I'll. I, I, can I don't know. If, I don't know if Joe feels safe around Joe. So it's, uh, yeah, it's like. Well. And where does the Twitter lawsuit stand right now with you? Oh no, they they threw it out with prejudice, and then I okay. I owe Twitter one hundred seventy five thousand dollars. And do you plan on paying that, or how's that? Well, work? It, it's mostly taken care of. Gotcha. I so mean, you're I, the I, second most famous person that Twitter's at Twitter is currently suing. Well, I, I'm pretty sure they. Well, I, I don't think I I'd want to be famous for that, but. Uh, no, Twitter. Twitter was a realization. I never thought mm-hmm. I would have my opportunity to hold these people accountable in a court of law. So I wrote a book about because I thought maybe court of public opinion. If I tell my story and I put it in a book, then the mainstream media and social media can't block it. It'll be something mm-hmm. that's tactile and in, in people's hands. So I, I didn't think I'd have an opportunity again to try to hold these people accountable. Uh, when you look at the 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 collusion, so. Uh, Zuckerberg, on I think October 25th, 2020, admitted before Congress that the FBI approached Facebook, Twitter, and Google to warn them of a massive document dump of uh, uh, disinformation from a foreign power. Okay? He said that. And if it was at the end of the summer, all right, I, I mailed overnight a copy of the drive to Bob Costello's office in, on August 28th. So if the following week the FBI is warning social media outlets to be on the lookout for a document dump, it, may, it begs the question, who, who has the FISA court for that? Mm-hmm. Was I being monitored or was the lawyer for the president of the United States being monitored? So I want to figure out who gave the marching orders, who told everybody that this is Russian collusion. Sure, I want to clear my name. Obviously, I, I don't want the Mac Isaac name, which is a pretty good name as far as the military and love a country. I don't need to have traitor attached to that moving forward. And I'm not going to let them take the narrative that they want to push and allow that to end up in the history books. So there's, yeah, that's my personal fight. But the bigger picture is, is there was a colluded effort. There was collusion between mainstream and social media and federal agencies. At mm-hmm. least we know of the DOJ and the FBI's involvement to keep this quiet. And we live in a country that we're afraid of. We're leaning towards socialism. We're like, we're like halfway there with our state-run media. It's not fair, and it's not right, and it shouldn't happen to the country, and it's unfortunate that it happened to me, but the bigger thing is is we should, with 86% of Americans getting their news through digital devices, to have a lens or a filter over that that's presented to us, that's controlled by a political party, that's, that's not right. Mm-hmm. John Paul, how many people have you, uh, from former uh, FBI agents, who maybe are conservative have you spoken to? How many of them have you spoken to or they've reached out? Uh, I have talked to, just in passing, some retired uh, No, not agents, just in passing. No, no. Uh, nobody's reached out. Why not, though? Why not? I, I think, uh, I think, By the way, that, they that, think I pulled a fast one on them when, they, when I made a copy of the drive. I just thought they knew I had a copy of the drive because yes. my dad tried to give them a copy of the drive back in October of 2019. So, so I, I was in Giuliani's place a week, I don't know what it was, maybe a week or two after he they came into his house and took everything that he had of uh, the Joe Biden stuff that he had. And uh, we, we did a five-hour interview. The three and a half hours is on actually mafiastatesofamerica.com. And I would say half of the interview is about Joe Biden. And this was, how long ago was this? Was this like six months ago, 10, 12 months ago? Came out when? No, it November. came out in November, so, yeah. eight months ago, right? No, like closer to a year probably. Year ago, a year if you've ago. not seen it, folks, you gotta go watch it. It's on mafiastatesofamerica.com. Uh, the whole three and a half hour interview with, Joe, with uh, uh, what do you call it? Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani's there. And 
Obviously, they went after Rudy to try to get everything away, taken away from him for him to lose credibility. But I, I wonder, how come conservative influencers from the FBI side, how come they've not reached out? How come they've not reached out to support? Well, I, I think that, I mean, up until the Washington Post and the New York Times admitted that the laptop was yeah. real, I mean, I had a book written, it was done in September of last year. Yeah. And I was spent three, four, five months trying to get in contact with publishers, anybody who would be interested in this story, and I got zero response from anybody. So it felt like my uncle and my father going to Congress all over again. Just nobody wants to touch this thing with a 10-foot pole. Why I believe, Because I think they, it's, they have been... So who, then who is Libratio Protocol? Who are they? Who's that publisher? Uh, or is it a conservative that, publisher? That's, uh, that's uh, the offshoot from Post Hill. Uh, Post Hill is my publisher. Anthony Zakar, uh, mm -hmm. really? Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. So he he's got some uh, he's got some brass, by the way. Yeah, he's, he's he's he seems pretty. Yeah, him and I had a nice call three weeks ago. I like him a lot. We had like a very friendly call, and he's seen, he was a 15 years of Simon and Schuster. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, so if there's a guy that's got the audacity to pick it up, is that? But here's what I will tell you. Hey, Republicans and whoever you are on that side that you are like complaining about this deal that you have served in the FBI or CIA or military or your general, all that stuff. Why are you not investigating and finding out for yourself as well? Why aren't you doing something about it? Okay, a retweet or a tweet is not enough. We don't do this for a living. We're a podcaster. We just sit down and we have these conversations. Why aren't some of you guys that are connected to the FBI or former FBI's, why aren't you guys reaching out? Why aren't you having those kinds of meetings? I mean, it surprises me that that, that's, that doesn't happen. It surprised me that some of them from their own camp are not reaching out to have these conversations with you. What are they afraid of? What happened? Is, is it a backbone issue? Oh, my God, if I talk to him, God forbid, something's going to happen to my career? Yeah, no. This Look, if, if, if your concern is truly socialism, and everybody is waiting for the next guy to pick up the fight, then you're all pansies. Mm -hmm. If your fear is really socialism and you claim it is socialism, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about mm -hmm. people who claim their fear is socialism, wh why don't you do something about it? Why don't you uh, expose all the other stuff? Because flip this real quick, and fl flip it real quick. Do you remember when uh, Obama's daughter got caught smoking weed at 13 years old? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember <clears throat> what Obama said? What? Obama said, you know, uh, I, uh, the struggles of being a teenager, I remember I went through it myself as well. I, we, you know, as a family, we love her, and we're going to get through this and pop up. You know what we said as an audience? What do we say? Okay. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know what? Cool. Cool. Moved on. Yep. When Bill Clinton, I did not have, you know, yeah. Yeah. Relations, and then relations like, with yeah. that woman, yeah. Yeah. Miss yeah. Lewinsky. Yeah. Yeah. I might and be then, quoting Chappelle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, so. And then what happened? You're like, dude, no, it's fine. Yeah. We don't say our son should be like you when they grow up, although he inspired a lot yeah. of people. Well, Got half it. the country didn't care. The other half really, really cared about the BJ. I don't care about McDougal. I don't care about uh, uh, Trump's uh, lady. Uh, Stormy. I don't care about any of that stuff. That, listen, if, if you, and by the way, the whole role model situation, yeah, there's an element of president mm -hmm. being a role model. I totally agree. There's an element of the governors being a role model. I get that. But I want to make sure you got good policies to get good results. This is why when people say, how can you with Trump? I like his policies. That's, that's all it is. I like his policies. His policies were very effective mm -hmm. for business. It was a lot less peace, it was a lot more peaceful until COVID took place. So it, 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 but even if you go back to mm -hmm. Reagan, imagine you have a son and you name your son after you. Okay? 
and you name him Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The kid you named after you hates your policies. <laughs> Do you know that story? Do you know Ronald, Ronald Reagan's Reagan son? Jr.'s Ronald Reagan yeah. Jr. completely disagrees with his father. Mm -hmm. You know, what did media do? He's an atheist now. I yeah, he's, he's, you know, but, but, but guess what? Guess what American people said? Look, everybody has issues with their kids. Sometimes you have it. Sometimes some kids want to do this. Hey, no problem. We understand it. Hey, why aren't you wanting to cover this story here? But, Pat, can I pose yeah. a, uh, maybe an opposing view? There is a difference between the actual man, the president, and what they do. Like you brought up McDougal, Trump, yeah. Stormy Daniels, Trump, Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, right? Reagan, he's allegedly had affairs on Nancy versus the kids. Like you brought up one of the Obama daughters smoking weed or even Hunter smoking crack or even stuff that Eric Trump allegedly did, what have you. There is a difference between the president and what they do and their kids. Can't control what the kids do. I don't condone some of the stuff that Hunter's done for sure. It's not a good look for the country, but it's not like it's the president doing those things. Well, Adam, right? if I was a guy who would make short clips, I would take what you just said and I would take what you said a week before about guns that if something kid does, the parents should be held accountable and that contradicts itself. Well, if you murder somebody. Well, but if, what are you talking about? You're doing stuff to 12-year-old <clears throat> girls. I mean, these are minors. Well, some people would say this is worse what than murder. What do you mean 12-year-old girls? You haven't seen what 4chan brought up yesterday with links on this guy I visiting? I don't follow 4chan, no. no. I don't either. I don't, I don't even know who 4chan was until yesterday, but 4chan... They came out and they said, uh, you know, they found links of this guy visiting, uh, watching porn Underage. with 12-year-old girls. <clears throat> okay, so anyways, that concerns No me. doubt Hunter Biden's a freaking creep. Yeah, yeah but can you imagine but, if but, this was uh, Bush? I mean, uh, but to your argument, <clears throat> to your point that you made just a week ago, mm -hmm. it is your, I didn't say my point, this yeah. is your point. To your point, you said... If the son does it, parents need to be held accountable. I still stand by that comment. Then, if, you're gonna, if your kid is going to go out there, and we're talking about uh, the latest thing in, uh, where was that? The, I can't, Island there's Park. so many, oh, Island Park. There's so many goddamn mass shootings Park these days Chicago. that I can't even keep yeah. up. But if you're going to go ahead and take seven people's lives, yeah, yeah we're going to hold your family accountable. So, okay? So I'm, I'm sticking with that. Let me but ask that, you a question. But that's, if, not, that's different from what the president's Don't kid tell does. that story. What? No, no. You don't get, you, look, we all contradict That's our, murder. That's something stop. that you're taking people's lives Okay, so away. let me ask you a question. What's Whether worse? your kid does drugs or not, I, that's I a different story. I didn't say drugs. I didn't say drugs. Murder is murder. Totally get it. What about a 50-year-old man having sex with a minor? Should go to jail. That's it. I, I don't know. You, what do you ask? Should there be an accountability for the father? No. But there should be accountability for the person that killed. Uh, I think the age. Yes. But, but, mass, by the way, mass murder has different. Uh, not mass murder. How about murder period? How about murder period? No, I'm talking about mass murder of innocent people. Mass that should. I, we're conflating two different things. We're, you're, I see what you're saying here. You do have a point. Yeah. You're basically saying, Adam, you're kind of contradicting all yourself I'm right here. All I'm saying is, because accountability should be held to all, the parents. I, all I'm saying. I'm talking about accountability for mass murder. But, but, you're but, talking about gun violence. So it's kind of like, son, please don't kill more than one person because if you kill two, I'm also going to jail. Just kill one. Something needs to be done. With no, I, I get that. All I'm saying is, like, look. Sometimes I'll give ideas. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'll go in a room and I'll say, I want you to be devil's advocate, argue my arguments, just mm -hmm. debate me, right? Because I want to know if I have any leaks in my argument. Okay, you said that last week. People thought about it. It created a bunch of attention. Was, oh, you know what? Parents should be held accountable. If that's the case. Okay, that comes a week later. If this is true, 
Should he be held accountable for what his son did? He's not a These, child. Who's not a child? Hunter's not a child. He's not a child. Yeah, he's but not. This, he's not living son. at home and. In, but, but, but the, he, these the, people are also not children that he was talking about last week do, that are doing a mass shooting. <clears throat> They're also not 13, 14 years old. They're also grown men and w- men that are that are doing this. Arguably grown. 17, 18, 19, yeah, 20 there, there, I think I think the life experience yeah. that takes place in the 30 years age difference between the recent shooter and, and Hunter, I, I, I agree. I, I think that there's certain accountability, especially if the raising of that child is so close to that period of time. I, I don't think... I think Hunter's been Joe's bagman for the past 25 years, so I don't think there's been any upbringing or raising coming from Joe. I think it's a it's a power <clears> dynamic <throat> where Joe's I, the boss yeah. and Hunter's the worker. I think I think you guys completely missed my point. I'm on the same page with that. My his his point last week was parents should be held accountable for what the kid does with mass shooting. That's his point last week. That's what I'm saying. For me, what Hunter did is what Hunter did. I just said what, what Obama's kids do is, is what Obama's kids do. What Ronald Reagan, you, you do what you got to do. You know the the mi- minor stuff. I'm I'm that's a that's a that's very sensitive to parents and all that stuff that you go through. But to him, if he did do what he did, and all these things that are coming up with his involvement with politics, with Zelensky, with Ukraine, why you're so protect? Every it's a little bit weird when you're very very protective of somebody all of a sudden. You ever had a situation where something happened and one of the guys is all of a sudden overly protective of a girl? You're like, hey, bro, that's a little. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, you, but you're Dude, you've never talked like that before. How did you all of a sudden become so protective of Ukraine? Like, did you, do you have some lineage? Did you do Ancestry.com and they said you're 62% Ukrainian and you're like, I don't know. What happened there that you're so, so that's the part where there's a little bit of speculation and I would like the professional investigative journalist to go out there and do some investigative journalism. That's all it is. I, I, I just don't think anything is going to happen. Like, and I was thinking about this. If Trump wins this next presidency, yeah. even if they do investigation, Joe, he'll be out of, he won't be the president anymore. These people just, nothing happens. Nothing ever happens to these people. And the proof, we have the proof. You know it. He He's seen a lot. We're seeing, like, he's smoking crack uh, every every day. He just, there's another video where he's weighing, like, 20 grams of of crack cocaine with the girl, and let's nothing's be, gonna happen. Let's be frank about this. This isn't just any father-son duo, yeah. right? So Hunter Biden is smoking a lot of crack, right? And he just weighed out, as Vinny said, twenty grams of crack. Joe Biden wrote the original legislation with mandatory sentencing laws for crack cocaine, mm-hmm. saying if you had five grams, you got five years, mandatory, no probation, no, no wonder nothing. Hunter's pissed period. off at him. Okay. <laughs> Secondly, Hunter Biden has lied on a federal gun form. Right, he purchased a weapon and lied on the gun form, and then threw the weapon in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I do think there is a point to where Joe Biden has to be held accountable for some of this. I, I don't, I don't disagree with that part. I agree with that part. There needs to be accountability here, but regardless, there needs to be investigative journalism. No, no, let, absolutely. Let me, let me give you my highlight of Jimmy Kimmel. I'm not a Kimmel fan. I don't watch Kimmel. His humor is not my kind of humor. I like Fallon more. I like Carson. I like Leno. I was more Leno, less Letterman. Just kind of like comedy is taste, right? You probably like Letterman more than you like Leno. I like Leno. You know, it's, everybody's taste is different. But you know what I like about what Kimmel did? It was a week, maybe two weeks. You know what Kimmel had within a two-week span? He had Hunter Biden come up, and he did the, uh, the new book with crack, you know, what he was addicted to, how tough it was, and all this stuff. He met the scroll at whatever it was at a rehab place. I was like, you know what? I appreciate that. I was like, that's all you have to do. Hey, here's here's what I'm going through. And they did it. And then Kimmel the next week had the pillow guy on. Mm-hmm. And that Mike conversation Lindell. on. Guess what? I appreciate that. 
I think Kimmel needs to invite him. Hey, Kimmel. He, 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 no, he, he can't. He had a he on one of his shows. He threw up a picture, a not very flattering picture of me, and he said, "This guy looks like he's a tour guide for Loch Ness," and I. I was kind of flattered for that. I thought that but was by, a good by, by the way, that's totally fine. Comedians yeah. make fun of a lot of people, and then they invite him back into the show. It's his job. Somebody wrote that script, and he read it off the teleprompter. But but Kimmel does treat certain guests a certain way. 100%. Like he was a little softer yeah. with Hunter Biden. There's no question and about. And he has the pillow guy on. Every, and mocks him to his face. Yeah. And I'm not the pillow guy fan whatsoever. But that guy does kind of take it like a Can G I tell you and laughs it off. Can I tell you something? As much as I can't stand Kimmel, mm-hmm. as much as I can't stand Kimmel. That's progress. I agree. That's progress to me. You, of course, he's favoring one side and not the other yeah. side. I, 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 I want to sit here and agree. I, I, I cannot believe like I'm defending Kimmel and you're like defending. I'm like, no, Pat. <laughs> no, we're not playing this game. Enough of Jimmy Kimmel. Cut this short clip up. Pat's defending Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, my gosh. But all I'm saying is, to me, that's progress. Yeah. I that is progress. Let the audience sit there and say, I agree, I disagree, I do all this stuff. Well, all you got to do these days is just follow what Bill Maher's doing. Because when Trump's in the presidency, it's just a shit show on Trump, especially on the left. Trump, 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 Trump. He sucks. He's an egomaniac. He's a narcissist. Collusion, collusion, collusion. Now that Biden's in the presidency and country's kind of going to shit, Hunter Biden smoking crack. John Paul Mac yeah. Isaac's over here hanging out with laptops out of nowhere. Yeah. All of a sudden, people who lean left have to start saying, you know what, this shit ain't making so much sense, and I got to find some common but sense. You know, what crazy I, you, you know it's crazy what you just said that? I, here's what I would do if I was uh, John Malone. I would contact uh, Bill Maher's agent, and I would say, three-year contract for $50 million a year. $150 million contract for three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would go after Bill Maher and bring him to CNN. I'd fire everybody you got that takes sides who doesn't have the audacity to, you know, respectable. Like Jake Tapper, I think, is, you know, there's a few people that are you solid keep, to stay. You got to keep Brian Stelter, though. He's yeah. the backbone. Brian Listen, Stelter's a worst. There's, there's a few people you can't even mention their names because they're in GOAT status. Brian's in the GOAT status. <laughs> I mean, Brian's like yeah, up there I, with... Untouchable. Yeah, he's re- untouchable. Why, why are you saying that they should bring in Bill Maher? Because, because if, if John Malone says it's coward to, to do what he's doing and he wants to go back to investigative journalism, yeah. hey, go back, Bill Maher, because... Bill Maher is doing more investigative journalism as a comedian than any of your guys in your channel combined. So go offer that man, Bill Maher, a three-year, $150 million contract. By the way, I don't know if he's doing investigating bullshit. I'll take a 2% uh, commission on that, by the way, before coming up with the idea. I don't know if Bill Maher's doing investigative journalism per se. I think he's just calling shit out where it needs needs to be called out. By the way, do you think Bill Maher, for the right price, would ever go to CNN? No, I don't think he would. You know why? Let me tell you why. There, there are certain people who would, at for any price, go anywhere, okay? There are certain people that when you've been around for a while and you mm-hmm. find an environment that supports you, leave you alone, the team works, yeah. everything's meshing, all that stuff is good, <clears throat> they're, they're, they're wise enough to know you don't screw up something like this. They're mm-hmm. willing to work with me. They, I bet you right now, if CNN announced we're giving a, I give, if they said three years, two hundred million dollars, I'm telling you, Bill Marshall would turn it down. Yeah, I agree with you. I yeah. don't think he's going to take the money. He had a, he had a quote basically saying, these days he gets offered all sorts of money to go play gigs. He he gave an example. He was offered a million dollars to fly to Dubai to do a show, one show. He goes, I'm good. At this point in my life, I'm not doing, I'm not doing this for the money. I enjoy my time and doing what I want to do. Has he had you on? Not or worth no? it. Has he had you? No. Hey, Bill. If you're watching this, okay, I try to make you 200 million bucks, and he said no. <laughs> That's your problem, not mine. Yeah. Bill, 
once you get a hold of him, okay, send him a message on Snapchat mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't know, on, on, on Instagram, or I'm sure you're pretty easy to get a hold of with an email. I don't do any of that Insta stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well I, I, that was, I hate the internet. I mean, I only really got on Facebook when I opened my business in 2010. Well, maybe. Because I, I value this kind of yeah, social yeah. interaction. If you, if, if you get upset because you're not yeah. my friend, it's probably because I haven't broken bread with you. So well, then I would say probably take a letterhead, just like a regular piece of paper, a, you know, a pad, folio, whatever you want to call it, and just <clears throat> handwrite a letter saying, I would like to invite you on the show. Okay? And then have him on the show and talk shit. Do what, do what you do best. And let, let go. You're a little bit mainstream to get, you know, your main, main, mainstream. They're following your stuff. Why don't you invite them on board? You've had other people on. Well, you know, I, I, the only thing for me is just eyeballs. The more people mm-hmm. interviewing him, telling the stories, the more people say, really, let me look into it. That's all it is. And John, every, every picture I see of, uh, like, Hunter right here, he's in a, he's in a tub. He just loves water and smoking. <laughs> like, he probably dropped the computer inside this and brought it to you. What is that, by the way? That clip is what? Where is, where is that at? This is this is from Hunter. This is Hunter on his uh he's weighing crack with a girl. Seriously? Yeah, watch. Look at that. Twenty grams of crack cocaine. So I don't know if that's real. Really? The Zero the seven. first part could be, not the, the second so, part. So like there's, if you've noticed over the past couple of weeks, there's been a new trove of data that's been discovered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's because there, there was, of the 220 gigs that I recovered, there was a 30 gig iPhone backup mm-hmm. that was encrypted. And I believe somebody at the Washington Examiner cracked that encryption. So that's where the, the isolation tank, smoking crack, drinking beer mm-hmm. video came from. A bunch of other interesting things are on that video, uh, mm-hmm. on that, that encrypted backup. Unfortunately, whenever something comes out, then somebody else tries to go and say, oh, this came off of this and this came off of that. So I, I would question that because I haven't, I haven't gone through the entire encrypted backup, but I have not seen. So, John, uh, by the way, I, I, I respect that about you. I mean, you could sit here and completely just throw Hunter under the bus, and, but you're basically saying, yeah, I don't even know if that's real or not. Yeah, I, I would question that. Because a lot of people are basically questioning your credibility, right? I well, mean, they're calling you a Russian asset. They're saying... Legally, you know, blind, you can't see that well. You know, you wear the hat to own the liberals, but uh, right, fairly, yeah, fairly stated. Uh, and I like it, it's a good hat. <laughs> I love it, it's a great hat. Let's first of all, for the record, Adam loves your hat. I, yeah, he I'm really very hat. glad you wore that. If you didn't wear the hat, I probably wouldn't do the show today. So I respect you for bringing well, that. Good. But a lot of people have questioned your credibility, but you've been nothing but forthright and Look, the honest. Tr- the truth doesn't pick sides. Like when I started going and attacking the individual that was trying to put out the 450 gigs of fake data and just trying not to attack him, it was perceived as an attack, but basically put the facts out there. Mm-hmm. Here's the serial number of the laptop. Anybody can look that number up through Apple and see that it only had a 250 gig drive. Mm-hmm. I recovered 220 gigs of user data. So even, it was a full drive. There's no way you can get four. So I'm just trying to let people aware that mm-hmm. there's people out there that are trying to spew disinformation or muddy the waters. I started getting attacked by the same. I just I donated to your gives and go like a month ago, and now you're turning on us. Why are you protecting the Bidens? Why are you doing this? And I started catching flack from people on the right, and mm-hmm. and I'm sorry. The truth doesn't pick sides. I love it. This. It really doesn't. Would you say and that this is the best thing that's ever happened to you, or the worst thing that's ever happened to you? This whole fiasco. Yeah, this is not 
I not good. I did, I did not sign up for this life. I don't want it, and I'm not happy, but this is what I have to do because this is bigger than me. You're born on May 2nd? May 3rd. May 3rd. I was born May 1st. You're May 1st? Yeah. yeah. So you're May 1st. And Air Force. Mario's May 2nd. He's May 3rd. Oh, you guys well, should all go hang out on your birthday. Go on vacation. Go ahead. And, 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 Benny. And thank you for your, your father and your uh, grandfather, oh, Air Force. Well, my grandfather was started off uh, Army Air Corps in okay. World War II. Uh, he was a Canadian pilot that kind of got drafted into the, the uh-huh. Army Air Corps. And then... Um, uh, then my father joined the Air Force, and my I have to, it's the family career, profession. If I, if I was, like, I'd never served. I'm visually impaired. They wouldn't take me. I can apparently see well enough to fly planes and kill people, so, mm. you know, which is probably a good thing if you can't see good. Mm. So, But thank you uh, for acknowledging the hat. It is yeah. a military hat, but I have never served. I wanted to get that clear because I, I honor those that have served, but I, I respect. Know. Respect. So how about we transition into a completely different feud that's going on. We mentioned him earlier. Twitter vows legal fight after Musk pulls out of the $44 billion deal. This is a Reuters story. Elon Musk said on Friday he was terminating the $44 billion deal to uh, buy Twitter because the social media company had breached multiple provisions of the merger agreement. Twitter chairman Brett Taylor said on a microblogging uh, platform that the board planned to pursue legal action to enforce a merger agreement. Musk's lawyer said Twitter had failed or refused to respond to multiple requests for information on fake or spam accounts on the platform, which is fundamental to the company's business performance. There's plenty of precedence uh, for deal renegotiation. In one stance, French retailer uh, Louis Vuitton threatened to walk away from a deal with Tiffany and company. The U.S. jewelry retailer agreed to lower the acquisition price from uh, by $425 million to $15.8 billion. So that's kind of what happened there. Now, you're seeing what's been the back and forth with, you know, a lot of different commentary. Trump was at a rally yesterday speaking. Uh, I'm sure you guys heard what Trump said. I don't know if you did hear what Trump said. But yesterday, Trump is giving a speech. And, uh, you know, uh, he says, uh, Elon, Elon, Elon. He's not going to buy Twitter, Trump said after encouraging those in uh, the attendance to use a competing social media platform, Truth Social. And where did you hear that before? From me. He's got himself a mess. I've looked at his contract. You know, Elon says he's never voted Republican, but I didn't know that because he told me that he voted for me, so he's another bullshit artist. Anyway, so the moment Elon says this, Trump has to jump in and make a comment. So what are your thoughts about what's going on with this year, Adam? Well, uh, you're talking about the Twitter or the Trump there? Both. Give me both. Well... I would hope there's a couple different things going on. Number one, I would love to see Elon buy Twitter. I think Twitter's an absolute shit show. The whole thing that's happening with the bots. You have you know people speculating that 5% of the user base is bots. And then you have Donald Trump Jr. speculating that 50% of the user base is bots. Um, as far as the Trump situation, of course he needs to weigh in and poke fun at Elon. If I'm Trump, I'd like to have Elon as an advocate, an ally, not an enemy. That's not someone that I want to be feuding with. Keep in mind, uh, you know, as far as being a bullshit artist, that's like the pot calling the kettle black. By the way, there's a part of Trump that's in, you know, there's an ego-driven thing. Trump's worth what? Two, three billion dollars? Where an Elon Musk is worth what? Two, three hundred billion? So, you know, if I'm Trump... Number one, I'm, I'm, I want to have Elon on my side. He, he admitted that he would vote Republican this time, straight up. Whether that's DeSantis or Trump remains to be seen. But that's not the ter- type of person you want to be fighting with. Furthermore, obviously Trump's always got an angle because what's his social media network? Truth. Truth, Truth Social. Aren't they trying to replace Twitter? Hmm. So, of course, there's going to be some feuding with 
with Elon but on Pat, Trump's behalf. Pat, as, as a businessman, what what do you think is going on with him with the deal? Pulling is he, is he playing a game? No, no. Uh, listen, like you made an offer on a house mm-hmm. and you offered a million bucks. Okay. During the sixty days closing period, uh, all of a sudden, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, a war happens, COVID happens, you know, a massive uh, disruption happens to the market, and rates skyrocket, whatever percent, real estate valuation drops twenty percent. So that million dollar house you're buying. All of a sudden, it's worth $800,000. You go back to the buyer and say, look, I'm not buying this for a million dollars. You're figuring out a way to get out of the deal. That's what he's trying to do. Either I'll buy it for a lot less after doing the inspection, or uh, I'm not going to buy it, and I'm going to lose whatever money that I'm putting. Sometimes when you're buying a house and you put like this this one building I bought, not this one, the other building that Mm -hmm. I bought, the federal building, there was already a deal in place. I went in with a cash offer, and I said, look, I'll buy this cash. He said, show us, you know, uh, you know, if you're really serious about this. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, put a few hundred thousand dollars in an account that if we don't close the deal, you lose that money. Now that's a decision. Mm-hmm. So you see what happened right yeah. there? So what I say? Okay, no problem. So I put a few hundred thousand dollars in an escrow account, sign an agreement that if I don't close it, it's not mine. But I bought it cash and I bought it discounted. Week later, that I get an offer for $6 million on that building. Boom. But I bought it for cash, right? So in this case... If he walks away, he pays that $1 billion, but these guys now want to sue him. And the CEO, I don't know if you guys saw what the CEO of Twitter said. Mm-hmm. The CEO of Twitter said, we're going to war. Can you pull this one up? We're going to war with Elon and, you know, uh, um, CEO of Twitter, type in CEO of Twitter, War Musk. And you'll see an article that's going to pop up. Uh, there you go. Twitter CEO Parag Agarwal willing to go to war to make Elon Musk's deal happen. So go a little lower, go a little lower, go a little lower. CEOs are willing to go to war to make Elon Musk's $44 billion acquisition. Social media giant Ahmed reports that the deal could be in jeopardy over the site's handling of spam and bots. After the market closed, Musk disclosed his SEC filing. He was terminating the deal. Paragarwal, who assumed the chief executive job last fall after the company's co-founder Jack Dorsey stepped down from the role, is reportedly starting to come out fighting after the Musk repeatedly criticized. Okay, so he has to do that. Because if he doesn't show that, the investors, Agrawal, would be due to receive a payout of $42 million under the current terms of the buyout. As with a handful of Twitter executives, Agrawal payout will be triggered by a so-called change in control clause in their contract, which kicks in after kicks in either of them is terminated within 12 months of new ownership, assuming to help him of the company. So he has to do that because he has to be strong in front of his shareholders and in front of his board. He has to... Show that fight. Now, is he going to win? I don't know. There's a lot of people that are hoping that he can force him to buy Twitter. There's a lot of people that are hoping he ends up buying Twitter. By the way, there's a guy named Professor Galloway, Scott Galloway. I don't know if you guys follow this guy or not. Great content. He had a. She was supposed to have a show with CNN Plus mm-hmm. until CNN Plus uh, didn't make it with the three hundred million dollars. CNN. They negative. didn't make it. CNN what? CNN negative. CNN negative, that's yeah. a good point. Well, it's actually not a bad name for a show. There we go. So Scott's been uh, playing a lot of games with Elon, just kind of driving him, you know, saying you were never going to buy it. You know, you were just kind of using He's this. He's trolling Elon. Hardcore, he's trolling him, eventually to the point where Elon just uh, uh, blocked him. And then he came and said, here's somebody that's for freedom of speech. Why are you blocking me? Why are you worried about what I have to say? So there's a lot of commentary that's going on there with this. Uh, I just think Elon made an offer that was 42 44 billion and Twitter's now probably worth 20% to 30% less and he's sitting there saying look I lost 60 billion dollars on my net worth that was worth 300 billion mm-hmm. 
So if I would have bought it at $300 billion net worth, I've lost 20%. I'd like to buy this 40, whatever, $2 billion company for 20% less, which is what? $34 billion. If you want to do that deal, I mean, I think that's kind of what's going on, but Twitter wants that additional $8 billion. I may be wrong. Well, now Twitter's threatening to sue for a billion bucks. No, no, you're not. The billion they're going to get, no matter what, yeah, because that's the billion. Like when I said I, I made that offer on that mm -hmm. building, if I close that building or not, they're getting that cash in the escrow. So you're saying that he has to pay that or that's oh, already that an billion's escrow? billion's an escrow. That, that billion, I, I assume, that billion's going to go to Twitter no matter what. But Twitter is sitting there saying, no, no, we lost more than a billion dollars. So, PPD, here's the question. We just got through with the whole Johnny Depp, yeah. Amber Heard, you know, trial of the decade, whatever. What are the chances this goes to court, and how much bigger would this be, you know, media-wise, than the Johnny Depp Amber Heard? Situation? Which one? Which one? Twitter versus Elon Musk. It's that's not going to be one one hundred of what uh, the Amber Heard yeah. situation. Oh, was. you think Johnny Depp and Amber Heard is going to be bigger than Elon versus Twitter, dude? Like, look at your podcast when you do your podcast, and there's girl drama, guy oh, drama, you're what happened? Girl drama is what people want. Are you serious? Yeah. Amber Amber Heard is the goat of drama. Like she, I don't she, even, yeah, because I mean, what, Elon, what, wouldn't have, you have to even go to court, right? By the he way, have to be there. I I, just, I find it very ironic that Amber Heard, who she was with before Johnny Depp, Elon was freaking Elon Musk. Yeah. Not, not, That's kinda... not before Johnny Depp. While she was with Johnny Depp, her and Elon dated for a few. It wasn't before. What? I thought it was before. No, no. Because no? her and Johnny have been around for, for a while. Her and Elon Musk had a fling, I think, like okay. uh, last year or a couple years so ago. So you don't think that if Elon Musk went to trial versus Twitter, it would be mainstream Zero. news galore? Zero. <laughs> it, it would not be 1-100 one of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Really? Are you serious about this question? Elon Musk is arguably the most famous person in the world. Yeah, but do, you, do you think he'd have people have suffice? I don't think he'd have. He'd but have it'd, be trial, it yeah, it'd be a litigation trial. It would be exciting. It'd be like a litigation. No, no it wouldn't be fun or exciting like, or dramatic. Yeah, unless or, he shows up in court and, and shits, and, like, and it's not going to be. It's not <laughs> going to be interesting. Now, if January 6th Trump goes to trial, now Amber Heard <laughs> <laughs> came over. You kind of talk about 8 million people live watching that one. That's yeah. a different story. Okay. So, But this one, I don't think so. This. Look, there's a big camp that's hoping this guy ends up buying Twitter. Believe what, me. What camp are you in? I want to see him buy Twitter. I want to see what he's saying is mm -hmm. when you get on, the, 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 you and I are protected when Starbucks has a coffee bean. You and I are protected when a McDonald's has a Burger King. Mm -hmm. You and I are protected when a 24-hour fitness has an LA fitness. You and I are protected when a CNN has a Fox. You and I are not protected because there is zero competitors on social media, virtual governments on the opposite side. None. Yeah. Every one of them is one side. And all the other ones that are on the opposite side, they're very, very small. So in this case, yeah, I do want him to buy Twitter. Yeah, I'd like to see other people also buy other platforms. I'd love to see a conservative buy New York Times. I'd love to see a fiscally conservative capitalist buy Fortune magazine. I'd like to see some of those things happening. But, uh, yeah, so I would like to see this guy win because I want to see 50-50. That's how I mm -hmm. uh, uh, get clear to the truth because I want to see debate. Well, speaking of truth, bringing it back to the whole Trump thing and him, you know, basically. Why are you so active on Truth Social and not on Twitter? I, I, I just, can't figure this it's out. It's just a great platform. As much as you hate By the Trump, way, is, why? Is, is Truth Social legitimate question? Is it active yet? People no on idea. it yet? Not on yeah, Truth no, Social. people are on I'm it. On it. People yeah, are on it? How how is it? Do you actually use it? Is it easy to use? Um, I I've used Getter and Truth again Getter. on on more of a a defensive strategy. When I see disinformation, yeah. people start to run with narratives that are not true. Then I will correct correct it. 
Uh, also, it's it, it, it's self gratifying because again, I I don't think I I'd had the fortitude mm-hmm. uh, to make it through all of this if I didn't have the direct feedback from the half of the country that's always believed me, the half of the country that's been supportive for me, giving me prayers, giving me best wishes, saying that they're behind me, and and that's it is good because Facebook tells me how big of an asshole I am, but. Uh, <laughs> But but truth, you know, I get to talk to the people that really, you know, they they yeah. they want to pray for me. Well, let me ask you, political affiliation. It's fair to say that you're right leaning now. You're voting Republican. How long have you been voting Republican for? Have you ever voted for a Democrat? You know, it's funny because it's in in Delaware, you uh, you, you really can't be registered uh, Republican and vote in any of the primaries or anything like that. So mm-hmm. a lot of people change affiliations. I didn't even really care about doing that. The most I've changed my affiliation is because a girl told me that she wouldn't date me if I was a Republican. How hot was she? I'm like, she? okay, well, that, that's my guy <laughs> right How hot there. was she? Pretty hot. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even hesitate. I got online. <laughs> Register. And how long yep. ago was that? Uh, oh, she murdered me now. So this was probably about six years ago. Well, you guys are still together? Oh, no, no, oh, no, okay. no, no. I, and you not, my, so, I might as well live near a seminary school. So did I'm you so vote for her? So you're more worried about her than Hunter Biden yeah, coming yeah. after you? Well, if she knew then, oh, man. Well, the worst is, and this is in the book, um, so while my father and my uncle are running around trying to knock on Congress's doors and alert the, them to the, uh, the existence of the laptop, uh, I had a, a young lady come into my shop and needed Mac fixed, and mm-hmm. then we started chit-chatting. And I, I have a strict rule of never chat, uh, fraternizing with customers because it's inappropriate, A, B, I don't need social media to somebody, oh, mm-hmm. well, if you wiggle your whatever, you'll get a better deal. Yeah, you know, I don't need any did of that. Did you charge your 85 or 45? I did not. I, I, I handled her like a customer. You handled her. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Dude, like move, a customer. Use your word. Like a customer. Move, move, that move. word is a straight up like, I handled you tonight. <laughs> I'm going to handle you, Michelle. Yeah, she showed up. Uh, she she showed, showed up. At a bar the that I frequent like the following week. Yeah. And then we chit-chatted and then uh then the covid hit and got on lockdown but we started continue to have uh, a online relationship yeah. and uh that's when she informed me that she used to work for the fbi oh, <laughs> shit. and of course i'm just like oh honey oh, honey no. pot honey pot gotta be careful and then uh so we we dated and the covid relaxed we we started getting very serious and uh she came home this is about mid uh mid-august yeah uh came home and said um Hey, I, I just got put on this disinformation board, and I'm like, oh yeah, what are you what are you going on after? Because she had been working on one with COVID. She does a lot of TED stuff and and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm very liberal, but I'm attracted to women that want to save the world. So you know. What, so what, what was the disinformation board? Uh, to go after all the disinformation about Hunter Biden and the Ukraine. <laughs> Is this a joke right now? What is happening right now? I mean, I thought... I so th- you're saying that you're dating a woman who's on the disinformation board about Hunter Biden? <laughs> and former, is this a freaking joke right now? What's F- happening right now? I know. So I was just... I, again, I, I hadn't told her anything that was going wow. on. I, but I dude, to, she knows exactly who you are. You're yeah, an asset. Yeah. She, she, like was my, she, she was my, so. she was yeah. my handler. Wow. Yeah, I bet so, she was. Listen, that world, the word yeah. handle, handle can go many different so, ways. <laughs> Come on, we're above board here, right? I don't know. Well, so what's the status of your relationship? Oh, now? no, no. She, she, uh, it, and well, John, I, what are the odds that you meet some girl online, you start dating, 
Long story short, Kanzikum, so she's a oh. disinformation for, board Hunter, for oh, Hunter yeah. Biden. Oh, and, and she was. Don't you think you were if, set up? If you went through my social media profile, you would probably figure out that I have a thing for redheads that are creative and, and, and have big hearts and want to save the planet. So huh? they put one of those together for me. Oh, so you know, you're admitting that this was uh, I mean, in retros- scientifically in re- put in, together in for retros- you. In retrospect, it's like this just couldn't. This was no, what are that's the perfect time. So when's the wedding? Oh no no no! She uh, it ended very horribly, and then actually after it ended, I figured, well, I have no reason now not to step out from the shadows. I mean, I lost this girl, and obviously, if if there is, if that was her effort to kind of get a rise out of me, see what I was doing, saying new, uh, mm-hmm. then this is too close, and this needs to end. So that's when I went to uh, Rudy Giuliani's office. So it was uh, it was all happened in uh, that August. Uh, but yeah, it, it's my lawyer was like, yeah, she's a honeypot. <laughs> but are you enjoying your 15 minutes of fame? Women coming after you, you're getting on podcasts. Like you said, you never even had Facebook. I, There's There must be some part of you that's like, well, all right, cool. People know my name now. No, the Mac no, Isaac family no. is going to have a great legacy now. No, Don't we, you we, think we, so? We had one and I was quite happy turning screws in a backwater shop in, in Wilmington. This is not the life that I want. At all, I'm not comfortable with it. If I come across as nervous and, and, and uncomfortable, there's a reason mm-hmm. for that. I like helping people. I like fixing Macs. It's what I did for a quarter of a century. Now I'm an author, or now I'm on podcasts doing things that I'm not comfortable doing, talking about things that I wish never happened. And I didn't sign up for it, but this is my job now, and I have a responsibility. I feel the sincerity. I totally feel the sincerity. I feel, it. I feel the sincerity. So, uh, can you do a text to the three um, uh, redheaded girls that work? <laughs> They're not outside. Not fair. Not tell, fair. And, and I don't tell want, them I don't John want... only has sex with that no, hat on. No, look, look. <laughs> that hat is on. Time out. Time out. Because wear the world. You have to wear the hat when you have the sex. World. That's it. I am so afraid of being me too. I don't go out. I don't go online. I don't chat. I don't even talk to girls that reach out to me because we'll hook you up. it's a, no. You know, it's a. It my life's a bit of a shit show. Uh, it's it's a bit of a dumpster st- mm-hmm. fire. The FBI's raided everybody else who's touched that drive. I'm sure that they're just trying to figure out how much crap I actually have because they're going to need a 24 foot box truck to empty out my house with technology. So, wow. you know, and and so this is these are all things that aren't really necessarily marketable when you're pursuing a relationship. So yeah, I, that's that's so far out of my mind right now. Plus, I'm so scared if I even look at a girl, she'll be like, oh, he did this. Me too. You got to document everything. Listen, the best comment of the day by uh, KOV12X12X, which I think his name is uh, uh, Paul, and he's a member. He said, CNN will only get straight out, straightened out when they hire a man like No Hands Carl to <laughs> run the network. I'm sure Vinny and Carl for CEO, 100%. <laughs> This other person, oh, zero latency manifestation. What role, if any, have global intelligence agencies historically played in uh, perpetrating elections fraud okay, uh, worldwide? And another one here, uh, Smeldy Butler III. What a name, Smedley but- Butler III. So wait, if organizations admitted the laptop was real, could you not take legal action? They spent months accusing you of colluding with the enemy. Treason ain't no small uh, time uh, accusation. Yep, and that's why, again, back in April, I didn't think I'd have this opportunity, but back in April, my, my lawyer uh, texted me. He was like, Merry Christmas. I was like, well, what? Well, you're, are you okay? And he said, no, Joe Flynn and the America Project want to uh, fund our lawsuits because we, we had them to go, but after Twitter, I had to go from offensive to defensive because, you know, that's a big bill and I don't want to 
I had to go from going to profit to bankruptcy. It was not kind of turned me off to the whole legal thing anyway because it was like the expectation of getting justice and then now I'm punished for what I did mm. in the court of law but if the, if the American project wants to uh, step up then we had Adam Schiff ready to go uh, he was top on my list uh, CNN Politico the Daily Beast just bowed out they saw the storm is coming and uh, which is they just called me a thief for the most part they didn't really I want to I want to go after that specific narrative of who said that this was Russian disinformation. And the people that peddled that narrative, because that narrative, to be honest, is, was a campaign promise. It was, it was being touted by the, uh, the Biden campaign as a justification for not having to touch the laptop with a 10-foot pole. So mm -hmm. anybody that talked about that laptop being Russian and helped aid that narrative is on my list. Is he on? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we got a special guest here. Can you hear us? Okay, fantastic. Can you do me a favor and put the picture of uh, uh, him, uh, if you have that? To, to, we have a special guest here with us today. And yeah, but before you find out who our special guest is, do you have the picture or no? With him holding the first cell phone or no? Oh, okay, you, you should put the picture. Our, our guest right now, if you're using a cell phone, if you're using a smartphone, if you're using anything that is mobile when it comes onto phones, blame it on this man. Because he is the inventor of the first cell phone who just the other day he was being interviewed about, you know, inventing the new cell phone. A comment was made about how much people are spending time on smartphones. And he had an opinion. I, I, think, I think it's good for everybody else to hear as well. First of all, hey, uh, uh, you know, thank you. I don't know if we say thank you or, you know, why did you invent the cell phone? But thank you for inventing this great technology that allows us to stay connected with each other. No, I'm glad you said it that way, Patrick, because uh, uh, the, uh, this uh, story that the BBC put out yeah. kind of implied that I thought the cell phone was not very useful. And of course, that's uh, certainly wrong. I don't think, uh, for, first of all, the cell phone uh, is being used by more people than any other invention in history. And I think, uh, for the most part, that it's a, a positive, that it's improved people's lives. Uh, except that there are some people that just get carried away. And, and this lady uh, in the BBC interview said that she spends five hours a day on her cell phone, which doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, and my response was, get a life. <laughs> now, is it fair to say that you uh, don't spend five hours on your smartphone with you know going on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're extremely active on TikTok and you have a massive following. Is your smartphone actively being used by you or no, you don't spend five hours on your phone? I No, I do not spend five hours on my phone. I'm, uh, my view of, of technology is that technology uh, makes sense only if it improves your life. And so uh, uh, I use my phone for research. Uh, and uh, Anytime I have a, an issue that I don't understand, uh, of course, I'll uh, look it up on my cell phone. Uh, I don't do social media, uh, mostly because it's a time waster. Uh, I think social media is very important in the sense that it brings people together. Uh, but I, uh, the cell phone is still a very new uh, gadget. It's only been around in, in the form that we have it today for 10 or 15 years. Uh, people are still learning about it. 
And uh, I think that the uh, social media is a form of learning, but not very efficient. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an engineer, Patrick. I believe in efficiency. Uh, and uh, I think we're still learning. Martin, what kind of phone do you use right now? I'm curious. Are you, are you, I'm so curious to know what you use. If you, if you pull out one of those big phones <laughs> that you invented yourself, I would be so impressed. I, I do not use this phone. <laughs> Daily drive. That is awesome. Okay. So I, I, uh, I, I have always tried to use the latest phone that's available. And what's happened now is that there's really not very much difference. Uh, and I uh, do use an uh, iPhone. Uh, I've tried the folding phones. Uh, I do, they don't really do much for me. Uh, and I think that the existing phone concept is, is uh, way behind the times. Uh, in the coming years, uh, we're going to see the phone much more personalized, uh, much more useful, uh, distributed uh, around your body instead of uh, being wow. this awkward thing that we hold up to our Really? You uh, think that? Here in this position, it doesn't make any sense at all. So, uh, as I said before, we're still in early times of the cell phone. We're still burning. So, you think we're going into a phase where we're not going to be having a phone in our pockets, in our hands. It's just going to be, you know, uh, handless, not even wireless. You're just not going to have to use anything with it. You're just going to say, hey, uh, you know, talk to a phone, and it's going to make a phone call to somebody with nothing to hang on to. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the, the phone, as you refer to it, is ultimately going to be embedded under your skin, uh, maybe behind your ear. Wow. Uh, it's yeah. kind of uh, uh, amusing that you call it a phone <laughs> because uh, very few people use the phone as a telephone. Are you, are you kind of throwing your, uh, uh, you know, y y are you trying to make a comeback? Like, are you like setting this up for a comeback that you have a phone you're developing and building that we don't know about as an engineer? No, 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 I'm a has-been uh, inventor. I still think of a lot of ideas, but other people are going to have to invent that. But, you know, the, the, the big deal about the what we call the phone is it connects you, and it connects you in a whole bunch of different ways. And so this thing that we call a phone is going to be used uh, as an educational tool. Yeah, I think every student has to have a, a device that he can or she can access the Internet 24-7, that's uh, crucial. Uh, I think this the future cell phone is a healthcare device. It, it wow. can measure everything on your body. It can head off diseases before they happen. Uh, so uh, I think this the what we call a cell phone is going to eliminate disease someday. Uh, wow. But we've got a long way to go. Let me ask you, for somebody that, you know, this is your space. You've been following this for all these years. Does it concern you that we're going to be putting chips in our bodies? Like if it goes that direction, would that be, would you fight it or would you say, no, I'm totally fine with putting a chip on my body? Well, I, I hate to say this, Patrick, but I, I have two uh, implanted hips that serve me very well. So putting a chip in my body is almost a, a no-brainer. <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, welcome it. Hey, Mark, uh, do, do you get a royalty? My name is Vincent. Uh, very nice to meet you. Do you get a royalty for every cell phone sold since you came up with the idea? I wish I got a penny for every cell phone. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, he started it. Oh, my God. A that would penny. be, what a, if, if he got a penny, it would be a whole different story. Huh. Martin, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time. And I think the, there's about 8 billion people in the world who are thankful for you for that invention you made. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Patrick. You'd like to be here. Have a great Bye day. Bye-bye.
How awesome is that, nice right? To see, nice and, no, seriously, just innovation. Like you think about those uh, 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 phones back in the days, the brick that you would hang on to, oh you would God. see it in like Miami Vice yeah. with Don Johnson yeah. and he's driving a car. Yeah. What do you call that phone that he's got in his hand? What would you call that? That's a brick. It's a brick. I would call that the Zach Morris phone. Oh, yeah. that's what he used bell. to do. Saved by the bell. The one problem I have with the idea of a chip being embedded and that and your body becomes the phone or, mm-hmm. or that idea is how are, is that a process we're going to have to get done every year when they keep these companies keep coming out with new phones that they Software make us buy and the battery? I mean, faster I chips. You, you, you got to just go to Apple. You're like, can you update yeah, my can, head? Can please? you remove my old chip? Put a new chip. Yeah, is that no. what he actually said that they're that cell phones are going to be implanted yes. in our body? So that that yes. is going to be neurally. Yeah. Yeah, everyone is okay with that? No, what? I'm not. What? What? what do you mean? I'm not not but, but, but if, you're, if you're watching this, how many of you, if you don't mind, put put a thumbs up if you're like totally fine with a chip being put in my body. I got other things put into my body, Hell or no. say never in a million years would I put a chip on yeah, my body. Not to be I'm religious, curious. but they said it in the Bible. How long the mark of the beast? Go- I'm not putting nothing inside. The mark me. of the beast. I'm not putting nothing inside of me. Sorry. How Period. many people do you think would be okay with that? Putting. Uh, a- I think people above a certain age are going to be less. Uh, uh, open to the idea of doing that and I think people who are teen, 20s, 30s, they're going to be more uh, open to the idea. When Facebook first came out and somebody explained to you the Facebook the first time, do you remember the first time somebody explained to yeah. you Facebook? Yeah. Like, was, how did they explain it? it? They said it's what? You go on this website and you post your pictures and people can't see it. You're like, I don't want to post my pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then we're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all these other things mm-hmm. that you're doing nowadays. So who knows? If if the majority do it, by the way, most people are saying no right now. Of course. Take a screenshot of you saying no and see if you would say no 15 years from now. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. See if the same people that are saying no today would say no 15 years from now. Okay. Tyler, that includes you, by the way. Okay. Do you think Hunter Biden would be okay with that? If Hunter Biden had a chip in his body, he would have never lost his laptop. Exactly. <laughs> Period. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think he's. So I've noticed you don't answer. You don't answer things that um, you don't know the answer to, or you don't. You don't speculate. I don't about. like to speculate. Well, I. I I've noticed in, that about you. I worked in the service industry for twenty-five years. At Apple, they taught us, you know, don't ever speculate. The best mm-hmm. way to gain a customer's trust, get their confidence, because that's the most important part of the repair is letting the customer know that you're trustworthy, you're able to communicate their problem and explain a solution, set an expectation, and then achieve it. And speculating has no place in, in the service industry. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, there's you can, well, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. As long as you're right and you can back it up, then you're fine. But until then, it's best not to speculate. Well, when you when your podcasting career blows up, you're going to have to start speculating because that's all we do. I don't want to podcast. Just- <laughs> You don't want to put. Did you guys see what's going on with Canada? Are you following the story of what's going on in Canada? So yesterday I just put a tweet out and I saw uh, There's a bunch of guys in Canada that are sending me stuff. If you want to go to the story, uh, it is page nine. Okay, if you want to go to page nine. I don't even know if I have page nine. It says, oh, page six. Okay, here we go. So, um, uh, there you go. Rogers Network resuming after major outage hits millions of Canadians. This is a Reuters story July 9, two days ago. Rogers Telecommunications said its network was beginning to recover late on Friday after a 19-hour service outage at one of Canada's biggest telecom operations shut banking, transport, and government access for millions drawn outrage from customers and adding to criticism over its industry dominance. Nearly every facet of life has been disrupted with the outage affecting internet access, cell phones, landline phone communication connections. Some callers 
could not reach emergency services via 911 calls. Canadians crowded over, crowded into cafes and public libraries that still had internet access and hovered outside hotels to catch a signal. Pretty wild for this to happen 19 hours. When I read it, I almost thought it was a movie, and I'm like, no, I messaged people. Is this really happening? Yep, this is exactly what's going on in Canada right now. So it's just one network? Rogers is it? That's all they have? Tyler, Rogers Network, is that their main network that they have? I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've never even heard of another one except... So lady sent me a message. Here's what she said. Private message. She said, saw your tweet. Canada, I think you'll find people here who are afraid to speak up publicly. It's very scary. We're working on an exit strategy to get assets and family out of the country. Thank you for posing this question. Hopefully people will start talking. Also, love your work, especially your content webinar preparing for a recession, but I definitely love Adam the most. So here you go. That man. I added at the end. I thought okay. it was kind of cool. Appreciate that. Okay, here we go. With uh, about 10 million wireless subscribers and 2.25 retail and subscriber, Rogers is the top provider in Ontario, Canada's most populous province and home to its biggest Toronto uh, city, Toronto, Rogers, B.C., and tell us uh, control 90% of the market share. Okay, so this is not just a small company that this is happening to. No, and I've, I've heard people are pretty upset with the monopolization of that they have. I mean, the outsized market share that they control. Is that 90%? They control 90% of That's the market share. It's a full-on monopoly. Yeah. At what point has yeah. it become a monopoly? 40, uh, That's 60%? exactly... Uh, 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 there's different numbers uh, that you hear about, 46%, 64%, but there's different numbers. But 90%, 90% is, is a absolutely monopoly. A monopoly. Well, and we, you messaged this yesterday in Instagram, and uh, Raul came back with a pretty interesting point, that this is what... Remember, Dr. Peter Pry talked about. If you had uh, uh, a... Uh, so not a solar flare, but brought the network down. It would be something equivalent to this. Shutting down the banking systems, television, phone lines, everything would shut down. Mm. I'd, it's pretty interesting. I'm going I'm to show you something. Uh, uh, Tyler, I'm going to give this to you. Put this up on uh, the big screen so people can see it. Uh, this is a shout-out to the Prime Minister of uh, uh, Canada. He's, so he was walking in Canada, and people were shouting at him, and it was not friendly. Because when I posted this, a bunch of people from Canada Send me a bunch of tweets. Look at this data here. Okay. Um, debt from uh, uh, pre-Trudeau, all the prime ministers combined since 1867, $630 billion in debt. Just under Trudeau, $662 billion in debt. That's a big number right there. I mean, Trudeau must be very competitive to put a num number like that. Okay. You know, and, and by the way, if you, if you keep doing that to a country that doesn't have the biggest GDP in the world... Six 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 sixty two in America is what? Nothing. Mm -hmm. But six sixty two for a Canada, that's a lot of money right there. Well, now it's nothing. I remember d during two thousand eight, the recession when we were gonna bail out whoever we were bailing out, we were it was still in the billions. It was still like nine hundred something billion. Now we don't bat an eye when we're cutting checks for trillion. We printed what, five trillion dollars since the pandemic? So we're in the trillions now. They're still working with billions. They've got some catching up to do. By the way, you must have some strong. I mean, we've we've sat down with Jordan Peterson here, Canadian. Yeah. This was during the you know in the truckers revolt that mm -hmm. they were doing um, in uh, Ontario. We've had uh, Dr. Gad sat here recently, basically saying I've gone into business with the Canadian government. They take sixty percent of my earnings. I run into Canadians all the time. I had a couple uh, saw a couple of buddies. Uh, that I ran into in Miami this weekend, basically saying, I got to get the hell out of this godforsaken country. What the hell's going on in Canada? Is it just become so far extreme 
socialism? Is it is it Trudeau is just an authoritarian disguised as a nice guy? What do you think is happening in Canada? You're asking him or you're I'm asking, asking you. I mean, it's exactly what happens when you give somebody too much power and their motives are not positive motives. The results are this. You know, what's taking place in Canada. And the reality of it is a lot of people that were messaging me, they were all saying the same thing. We're trying to figure out a way to leave here with our assets, okay? When we left Iran, this is the story that most people don't hear about. Maybe you have stories like this as well. A lot of people, when they left Iran, the, the, the people that left pre-Shah's revolution, they left with their money. But the people that left post-Shah's revolution and Khomeini came in, they couldn't leave with their money. Mm -hmm. So the money was left. So if you'd like, let's just say you sold the property in Iran and you wanted to bring your money to the States, that wasn't easy to do. So imagine you're living in Canada. You got a million bucks there. You got a half a million. You've been working 40 years and you got a half a million bucks. You got a million dollars saved. You're trying to come to the States. You know, you want to take that out. I don't know if that's the case. But if they're going in this direction of doing things like this, it's a scary sight. Look, again, mm -hmm. it goes back to the following. Don't just vote for somebody because they're attractive and they speak well and their father was a former PM whose mom uh, had a fling with... Uh, allegedly, allegedly, Fidel Castro. With Fidel Castro, which he looks just Jordan like... Jordan Peterson him. shot that down. Well, way. he can't shut it down because he's from Toronto. He doesn't want his funds to be protected before he leaves. Mm -hmm. But look at that right there. I mean, that's, that's way too... Close. Way it's too funny, before you even said it, that was exactly where I was headed. What, to, to, to this show picture. that? Yeah, so look, you know, if mm -hmm. you're, you, the, the, what's the difference between a capitalist and a socialist when it comes down to their philosophy speaking publicly? What is the difference between a capitalist and a socialist when it comes down to telling the world publicly? What's the difference? The socialist says, I'll do everything for you. The capitalist says, no, thank you. I'll do everything no, myself. The capitalist is very comfortable telling the world he's a capitalist. The socialist keeps it a secret until he has enough control to say, all along, I was about socialism. There's a video that a guy sent me yesterday. I'm going to send to you, Tyler, to play this of Maxine Waters. Did you see that video or no? No. So this is from 2008 when the market crash takes place, which, by the way, you're going to see this happening in America today. Tyler, I'm texting it to you to put it up. Just show the text uh, uh, of what I just sent you. So, oh, wait, there's a hearing. And Maxine Waters is talking to the CEO of Shell. And the CEO of Shell is saying, look, if you keep doing what you're doing, $5 gas prices are going to be a thing of the past. This is when? 08, 14 years ago. Look at Maxine Waters' response. Just put the audio, uh, uh, yeah, put the audio up and just play it from the beginning. Watch this, folks. To the American people because of the inaction of the United States Congress ever increasing prices unless the demand comes down and the $5 will look like a very low price in the years to come if we are prohibited from finding new reserves, new opportunities to increase supplies. And guess what this liberal would be all about? This liberal will be all about socializing, uh, um, would be about the lady in the back laughing. Basically, taking over the and the, the government Watch. running all of your you companies. Mm -hmm. yeah. To the American so, people. So did you see she couldn't even hold yeah. it? Wow. <laughs> so all I'm saying to you is, folks, speculation. Let's speculate. Okay? That's, I can speculate. You don't have to speculate. Let me yeah. do the speculation. You stick to the red -headeds. I'm going to stick yep. to the speculation. Mm -hmm. You ready? Here's some speculation. Okay? If... There was a strategy with oil prices 
to nationalize it, what would you do first? First, you create policies like shutting down the what? The Keystone, Keystone pipeline, pipeline yeah. that we can control gas prices. Day shut one. them down first, day one, which they did. Mm-hmm. Two, you actually allow gas prices to increase to hurt who? Low and middle income families. Three, you blame who? Shell, Exxon, Mobile, everybody. Four, you come and you say what? This is why oil should be something that's nationalized and managed by who? The government. If that's your strategy, that's the proper four-step sequence to nationalize oil, okay? And folks, you do not want that industry to be nationalized as much as, you know, they're thinking we're going to go green. We did a video on EV versus uh, uh, gas. The, the, the price paid to go 100% EV, it's going to be on the backs of a lot of workers in uh, what is that one place in uh, Africa? The Congo, Democratic Republic Congo, Congo. That's got what, 60% of the cobalt or mm-hmm. some 64% yep. of the world's cobalt that China bought yep. the they land to this place? Yeah, and all these people that are working. So this is not going to be an overnight thing. You use oil uh, more than you think we do. But the marketing and the way the story is telling being told, it's different. So socialize. You just saw Maxine Waters from California. She tried to hold it back. Yeah. She couldn't do it. Slipped up. She couldn't do it. And no way, it slipped up. So anyways, uh, I wanted to show that video to you because I want all of you guys to go uh, start your week on a good note with a lot yeah. of positivity, a lot of excitement. Can I make one crazy prediction? Let's go. Can I make one cra- crazy prediction? So uh, I just shot a, uh, a real estate video okay, at the house. And we had our research team pull up a bunch of data because I'm talking to a lot of realtors, loan officers, mortgage brokers, title, escrow, a lot of these guys. And the video that was made when we called that Dave Ramsey a lot, I cannot believe you're saying this. And oh, well, you know, no problem. You don't have to listen to I'm just telling you it's what we did. Can I tell you a crazy stat? Q1 this year over Q1 last year, what percentage do you think foreclosures in America have increased Q1 this year over Q1 last year? 10%? 10%? How much do you think foreclosures have increased? Q1 of this year over Q1 of last year. 15%? What would you say? Just guess. That's a lot, by the way. Yeah. 20%? I don't know. Pick the number. From, from last year's to this last year. Last year, Q1 versus this year, Q1. How much do you think? For, and by the way, Q1, the rates were still okay. The rates have gone up the last two months is what's happened. That's been kind of scary. How much do you think it increased foreclosures? I'll say 20%. What are you going to say? North of that. You're going to say, well, you wrote 40%. Yeah. <laughs> How about 700%? What? Q1, 23,000 foreclosures. Last year, we had around 2,500 to 3,000 foreclosures. Do you hear what I just said? And by the way, it hasn't even started yet. Man. And it's 700% foreclosures Q1. Uh, the data we got on what buyers are doing, what investors are doing, what escrow people are doing, what loan officers don't do. I mean... I'm, that video is going to be coming out here in the next uh, week. I think we're going to be doing a live real estate webinar. I think it's going to be next Tuesday night. Stay tuned. The details will be made. This will be packed. Everybody will be on this webinar when this goes out next Tuesday. Here's a crazy prediction for you. People don't want to hear it. I think 30-year fixed mortgage rates will eventually get to 10% in the next mm-hmm. 6, 12, 18 months. Okay? We said gas price is 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's one side. Okay? That's becoming more and more possible that it could happen. California, there's seven, the eight, seven, eight dollar yeah. prices over there. Interest rates, thirty are fixed. Don't be surprised if they crack ten percent. Mm-hmm. Now, all this stuff said, being said and done, you're gonna see a, a lot of mess happening. My biggest suggestion to you, I'm telling you, don't overspend. Save your cash. Mm-hmm. Go make 
income, have a secondary income, set that money aside. There's going to be a lot of opportunities, and there's unfortunately going to be some people that are going to be asking their, you know, hey, can I get this job? Can I get that job? Who had a few hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? They're going to go through that. This is going to be a very strange next 6, 12, 18, 24. And by the way, for the people that are yeah. like, Pat's crazy. He doesn't know no what he's problem. talking about. I'm okay with that. Just if you don't study history, you're doomed to repeat it. This is exactly what happened in the late 70s, early 80s under our friend, your friend, Jimmy Carter. By the way, can you can you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? Go on, uh, go on my Twitter account. Go on my Twitter account, and uh, matter of fact, let me see if I can send this to you. Go on my Twitter account. Go on Twitter and go up, go up, go up, go up, go up. Go play that video. Play that video right above our Maxine Waters video. Just play that video. Pause it first, if you can. Pause it first. Make it bigger. Make the screen bigger. Yeah. Audio sp- and look at the date. What's the date? 2018. That's three and a half years ago. I already, I already knew it was prior to 2020 because you had the shaved head. This is before you started rocking the great hair. I missed that. That was so much easier. So easier, isn't it? Watch this. Watch this. Two things. Something's going to happen in the next five years. And the people that are going to make massive wealth are the ones that save cash. So I'm a cash guy. Not, not always. I'm a cash guy pre-crisis. You're a cash guy pre-crisis. Pre-crisis. Which is, which is now. Which is now. Which is now. So right now is a great time. To have a lot of cash. Here's the rule of zero. The rule this of one. zero this is, is tough this is for gonna folks be... who are very greedy to Look embrace. At the date. Because it sounds easy saying it, but let me explain to you the power of zero. So the here's beginning what it of COVID. is the rule of COVID zero. COVID hasn't even started When yet. 2008 took place, a lot of people lost money. You know, they were talking about the 401ks, now the 201k. I had clients, I would go look at their statement. They would say, I only have $380,000. I'm like, that's not bad for you. She says, well, this used to be $790,000. Well, that's a pretty bad thing right there. And they're 64 years old. What do you tell this person? They got to work for another seven more years. They were planning on retiring for one year, but because they were not fully ready and they did not take advantage of the power of zero. Because in 2008, market tanked 38%. In 2008, if you did 0% in 2008, that really means you did plus 38% Mm -hmm. compared to what the market did. So you have to also be paying attention to the offense you're playing. You gotta be playing offense as well, of course, if you wanna create wealth, offense, 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 offense. But you gotta have a certain strategy on how you can take advantage of the rule of zero. So when it does happen, you have more that's sitting for you to say, this is my next opportunity to go in because you paid attention to the rule. Okay, pause right there. So I've been, we've been saying this for a while from Valuetainment. So if you've been following the content, this has been the message for five years that this season is eventually gonna come. Mm-hmm. In the history of America, since uh, uh, inception, you know how many recessions we've had? Since 1850, you know how many recessions we've had? You know what the number is? 44. Oh. It breaks down to be what? A recession every five to 10 years. When's the last time we had a recession? It was 08. We haven't had one for 14 years. So that's the data. Recession is COVID very- aside, because the quick- Forget you know, about COVID exactly. was not recession. COVID was just a, a pandemic. Manufactured recession. We haven't had a recession in 14 years. We're overdue for a recession. Don't sit there being naive. So it'll never happen you being negative. I'm just telling you it's a cycle, okay? It's a cycle that's coming. Anyways, great podcast. Um, uh, we appreciate you for uh, having the courage to come out and talk to us. 5,000 um, of them out there. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people Big that day. wanted to John hear this John Paul message. Mac Isaac in the house. John Paul Mac with his Isaac hat. in the house. Uh, guys, it, it, do me a favor. Go on. Are you on Twitter or you're not on? Uh, that's right. You're not <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. You're on the other side. <laughs> go, go, go ask Bill. Go tweet at Bill Maher and just tell him, hey, can you please have John Paul Mac Isaac on your show? Go and tweet CNN and say, hey, today... John Paul uh, uh, Mac Isaac was on uh, uh, PVD Podcast. 
Can you please invite him to CNN? Host that you respect. Go ask them. Mm-hmm. Why don't you bring in, in investigate, do some investigative journalism? Why are you not? The people that you like the most, why don't you tell them? I would like you to see how you're going to interview John Paul uh, Mac Isaac different than they did on PBD Podcast. But we need more of this conversation being had. Having said that, I think you got a book coming on November 22nd of 2022. Hopefully sooner. Hopefully sooner when it does. Uh, audience will be able to find it. But And this is the website to this go support. This is the Gifts and Go. All of uh, it will be in the description what's and in the, the chat. What's Build the domain back, back. called? What's the website called? So in case on the it's, podcast it's site. It's uh, Gifts and Go. So it's like the Christian GoFundMe and they're... Give, send, go, and just build back Mac Isaac. Well, you know, kind of a play on build back better. I love that. I love to get some usefulness out of this. I love that part. So Uh, I I do want to say thank you to everybody that has contributed because bankruptcy no longer looks like my only option. So I'm grateful for that. That has taken a weight off my shoulders. So now I can focus in on trying to hold these people accountable, getting to discovery, and, and making sure that our next election, we don't have this collusion that we did the last time. Well, listen, we appreciate your uh, sincerity and we appreciate you being willing to come and talk about it. Gang, have a great day. We're going to do this again on Thursday. Uh, Vitamin Comedy came out with a new clip. If you haven't seen it, go meet uh, go, what's go meet friend's Carl. Name? Carl? No, Carl? No hands, Carl. Oh my no gosh, hands, Carl. I let my dad watch. It was cracking up. <laughs> what do you got going on this week? Some interesting ladies that when? will be here from the Exotica conference. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Who, who's one? Is there a name that you can drop or we no? We have Alexis Texas coming through and some of her lady the friends. Audience, you're going in. We're going to be talking about what women are doing with their money these days. That's all good. types of women. Okay. All right. That's good. Well, if there's a redhead there, you may you may have. Let John know. Invite hey, you back. For, have, for have, the record, Jen Saki ruined old. <laughs> all right. So this was back then. This is you know. This was pre-session. Have a good day, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Cheers. Pre-session.